attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about this week's movies are purely going to be drowned out by the huge number of guests we have in the studio this week. Okay, so what I'm saying, save that story for the end. I think I need you to start put your pants on. Oh, we started? I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. She dies at the end? I disagree. Order in the court. Order in the Admiral's Club. Uh, we do have a lot of guests this week. Lots to get to. I think this is record setting. This is record setting. It's three. three <laughs> it well, we're not ambitious, but you know, <laughs> we set records still. Uh, so there is much to say, much to get to. Let me just get right to the introduction. Welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. And remember, what happens on the mile stays on the mile. Always has. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, up to three, and more. <laughs> you can expect that in the next 90 minutes or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, here in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Next week, we jump on the mics and bring you... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, every week we jump on the next mics. Week. And bring, next week. Well, we this week. You know what? We're going to do it next week, too, Karen. We'll Are we bring it up. That's a good idea. Every week we oh, come here and we bring forward. you a brand new show, and the show is absolutely... Paul, uh, I actually had the chance today, because you know I don't often have the funds for the show, so I passed the hat around. And I've got uh, about a buck seventy-two. So, uh, boy, our guests really kicked in. Yeah, there. <laughs> the money bag show? showed up. That's uh, really good. You know, I, I'm going to offer that up for. Don't you save that money too. for a tap card? Oh. oh, okay. Which is LA's transit authority card. Oh, okay. TAP. And uh, <laughs> stands for yeah, transit authority card. The card. card. Yeah, there you go. TAP. Uh, the show is free, so worry not. Oh, part. well, you know in what, fact, guys? If you don't mind, I'm going to keep that money. Uh, you know. Because I, I don't know who gave me the quarter and who yeah. gave me the nickel. I don't know who's mine. We all so. knew you were going to keep the show's money. Show's on me. <laughs> don't tell them the show's free. I told them the show's on me. I told them I get this. Oh, okay. oh Adam's got it. Well, I'll split it with you, Adam. <laughs> all right. Thank okay. you. Uh, free show, and we encourage you to follow us on social media. Also free at the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please get interactive. Jump on there and yell at us about stuff. Basically, just search the Movie Guys on Yahoo, Google, and... Bang! Bang! And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. Hey, what the hell are you doing there, banana hands? <laughs> Adam Witt. We beat penicillin! And Karen Volpe. Is it more or less disgusting if I tell you it came out the front? <laughs> Joining us the whole show, more. it's a full-on party in the Admirals Club, as I mentioned, <laughs> as one of the great Chicago comedy troops find themselves here in Los Angeles. Now, it still seems possible to get all of them together, but we have a great number of them together. How many are we missing here today? A couple? Two, maybe? At this point, one. Yeah. At this point, one. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's always in flux. The other two don't know they're not in the group anymore. <laughs> right. But we do have... Uh, they can decide who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have Sandy... Well, maybe people can just decide they're in the group. Oh, okay. Do, and Seems maybe fair. they'll show up. Uh, Sandy Marshall, Justin Kaufman, and Steve Schmidt, together with our own movie guy, Adam Witt, they are schadenfreude. Hey! I want you to know that ever since you guys created that group, and that word came into my life. Uh, I hear it all the time All the now. time, right? It's like buying a Honda Civic. Now they're everywhere. <laughs> you never saw a Honda Civic before. Yeah. You buy one, there it is. Yeah, during the political season, it's like, oh, this is a little dose of schadenfreude as Donald Trump tripped and broke his neck or whatever. <laughs> would, would one of you like to explain, for those who may not know, the term schadenfreude? Sure, yeah. Schadenfreude is a German noun making 
taking pleasure in the misfortunes of others. So it's basically See? when you love when somebody else kind of fails at something. It's kind of like when somebody trips, trips on a banana, on a banana peel. Right? <laughs> That's it. That. We've given this, this answer uh, for how long now? Yeah, we, we've done, uh, whenever anyone does any sort of press in Chicago, that's the first question we ask. And the joke has been for 20 years that we've been doing this is that we always will say, it's like when someone slips on a banana peel. <laughs> that's ever happened? You've ever seen that in your life? Happened to me once. And to I, once? Honestly, I almost fell and broke my neck. Yeah, it was really? hilarious. And we would have laughed and laughed. And See, laughed. but for those last couple, 20 years, you, you didn't know what it was. Before no. then, and then, now yeah. you've had those 20 years for it to... I had no name for the tragedy that almost befell me. So for those right. listeners right. who are 20 years younger than us, there's your definition. There you those they there would be is. two-year-olds, Paul. Uh, let's put names. <laughs> let's put names started. to the uh, exactly. Let's put names to the uh, the voices. So Steve, chime in. Yes, that's me. That's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> He's the dry one. I was gonna say if you if you were the Beatles, which member of the Beatles would you be in Schadenfreude? Let's go, Ringo. Yeah. I can see yeah, that. I'd see Ringo. Yeah, yeah very Ringo-y. Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. How does it feel to know everyone can see that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I keep on forgetting you're recording this. Um, <laughs> there was no makeup before. Uh, no, you put your glasses on if you're feeling puffy. Yeah, I know. I left them back at the house. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. I can't see anything. So <laughs> he just IT'd the show right before it, which was hilarious. I know. Now I get messages. Paul kept pop having up. messages pop up, and we had an IT. Per- we have two, two IT people two in IT. here actually. And we IT'd the show right before. It was you, that annoying was ping good. you've heard every once in a while? Not today. <laughs> it's not going to happen again. Sandy Marshall, chiming in. Sandy Marshall is using the trees. <laughs> He's using the trees. <laughs> God, thank you. Sir. What's up, movie guys? Ah, nice. movie guys? It's great Very to be good. here. Great to see you guys. Great to see you in L.A. Is this where they filmed L.A. Confidential? Right All here. of it. In right. the city. Entire yeah. oh, city. Yeah. Exteriors, right interiors, <laughs> everything. Yes. Yeah. Most of that movie was green screen. People don't know that. Mm. Really? Yeah. It's all done right. It's a good green screen. It's good. good the LA part, that. yes. The confidential part, that was all inside. In, in yeah. We can't possibly yeah. tell you. I am, I am the one guy with the girl's name in the group. Yay! And this is? This is Justin. Uh, hello, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> Smell the glove is you. I'm excited to be here, man. I've yeah. uh, seen the set from afar for so long. It's great to be in a spot. This is better than a Universal Studio tour. Yes. To be in the spot where it's actually, you see this every week. It's, it's quicker. Great, man. It's Isn't quicker. the Universal Studio tour uh, just a little disappointing because it ends up just being a bunch of square buildings inside yeah, of which right. amazing things are happening right. that you can't yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that I thought was awesome is that we just went over there and did it what, two days ago. It's the first time I've been to Universal Studios in years. And they were shooting Mindy Project. And on it is like Baron Holtz, who's a guy from Chicago we know. Yeah, one of the founding of the members on of Schadenfreude. Yeah. yeah, and it's not. I was like, oh, I'll bet you he's in that building. No, it's worse than that. It's um, here, here on stage. Here's stage 27, starring Mindy Kaling and uh, Ike Barinholtz, and he shows up on the video. Like on this tram, <laughs> you know, with all these tourists and stuff. And he's like, hi. And he direct address talks to you. And he's like, Universal wow. Studios, you know, <laughs> enjoy. And you're like, what the, what is this? <laughs> wow. So talk about stuff. He's an American yeah. treasure. Yeah, right? He'll, they started shooting again. Oh, we got to get down there and see what he's up to. You wanted to see Ike on a TV, you'd stay home. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to see Ike wander in front of the tram. I guess, I guess now I know why he doesn't text back. You know, like now I know he's, he's, yeah. he's a Universal Studios tram tour guy. <laughs> Funniest story, though, is, you know, you know how we all rebelled against our parents. Justin's son. I, re- re- I remember rebelling against your parents you quite do. a bit. You <laughs> well, just the other day during the last podcast, there was a lot of rebellion going on there. So, so it's cool. If your parents knew someone who was on TV when you were a kid, that'd be cool. But because that's what his dad knows a guy who's on TV, that's stupid. Your son yeah. thinks it's stupid no, that you know he, Ike. He actually said to me the other day at dinner, he's like, 
oh god and Ike this Ike that uh, <laughs> and I was like why because he was in Suicide Squad yeah yeah he mentioned and, like, him I was, because I Ike's doing three Squad. yeah and I tipped him on the shoulder like hey that's that's Ike and he's like alright oh jeez. god enough of the <laughs> Ike, <laughs> Ike. <laughs> We get it, Dad. It was the summer of Ike, too. So yeah. if ever you were going to have Ike exposure, Angry Birds, Angry Birds. Neighbors 2, yeah. Suicide Squad, yeah. That's right. Mindy Project. There you go. We know how your dad feels. Central Intelligence. I mean, it's never yeah. ended with the Ike. The Enough tour. with the Ike. The tram tour. The tram tour. But I figure a lot of times now people say, you know, hey, go on the tour or see celebrities. Well, I hear they all just run now when they see the tram coming. And I guess if you've recorded a thing, you officially have license to then just not be seen when they drive yeah. by. You can just go in the back and smoke or whatever. Yeah, like, I've already did my time. There's a thing where I've recorded a thing. I'm glad I'm that they recorded that, though, because whenever I, I was a tour guide for about six days. Minutes. Because uh, yeah, they, they get too many, and then you only get scheduled like once a month. But um, when I was on there, I, we would go cruising around by that part of the lot where they would have the Mindy Project. And I love the Mindy Project and Ike. And I was really excited. I'd always be looking to see if I could see anybody, like Breath Grant, anybody, because I was going to just stop everything and talk to them. Well, they had this one clip of the Mindy Project that you could only play up until a certain spot and you had to freeze it. Because whoever put together the clips decided that they would show something completely inappropriate for children. Uh, so it's Mindy just uh, kind of walking all cute, and then Danny grabs her and starts just making out with her really hard in a closet, just taking her clothes off. But that's the one they chose, and we were never allowed. So I'd go, and Mindy Kaling from the Mindy Project, and then I would play that, and then you'd have to pause it on her just being surprised. And then I'm like, well, why would you not use a great clip that you could use? Yeah, we need to so clean now, this up. <laughs> Bring in America's Ike yeah, Baronholtz. So now we have Ike Baronholtz, which is fantastic. Yeah. Those are them's Fox clips. Maybe yeah. they get what they get. They you get know, what Universal they get. Universal gets what they get. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, get on with the show because uh, we do bring you every week, or next week for sure, uh, <laughs> our, our patented movie previews. All right, check in with us before you go to the multiplex. We give you a full preview of every new movie coming out, spoiler-free, operating solely on what we see in the trailers. We watch them and go in-depth. And this week, uh, we deep-dive, bringing us face-to-face with Sully. Oh, God. Enough with the Pixar sequels. Also, it's uh, Best Man Holiday meets Murder in When the Bow Breaks. And later in the show... It turns out it's easy to start an animation studio presents Farting Animals, Part 23. Oh, wait. Also known as the wildlife. No. In the middle of the ocean, there lies an island where animals rule. Is there anything you wouldn't eat? Until the day. Huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up there, Mac? I'm not sure what it is. They got an unexpected visitor. Oh, land, sweet land. <laughs> Basically, the Robinson Crusoe story. Uh, I want to go back to Farting Animals. <laughs> it seriously is. Yeah. I do want to see Anyone that. else want to see Farting Animals 23? <laughs> yeah. Do Just I need to see the first 22? No. Yeah. You oh. have. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're up to speed. They're called Madagascar. They're called Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah. Let me ask the guests. You've, you've heard of Sully, this movie, right? Yes. You've heard of uh, When the Bow Breaks, maybe? Yeah. No. One of the no three. No bus ads. The Wildlife? Oh, for no. three in the wild. So this no. is really where yeah. we are providing a service. Exactly. And letting people know. You know, we're just goofing, but now people will know that this movie is a thing. And this also is where we create the work part of what we're doing. Because a lot of times people go, oh, that's so fun. You talk about movies. And then everybody has that part of their job that is work. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's Talking what about is. the wildlife. <laughs> where those work. movies are the wildlife, this becomes work. a job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The dream is over for a moment. 
<laughs> no, here are the movies that you will absolutely forget a oh, week yeah. from now that came out. These This is just a repository. Sully is the first of like somewhat respectable, I guess. This might be an Oscar bid. I'm for, really for looking. They're talk, the, the early reviews just came in. They displayed it at the Telluride Film yeah. Fest, and they say Hanks is... I mean, it's it's hard it's to Tom believe. Hanks, it's well, a biopic. But it's hard to believe with all the great performances he's done that he hasn't had an Oscar nomination in like 15 years. Yeah. I, I think Castaway was the last one. What I don't understand about it is it's a movie about the the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it feels very TV news of the week or like kind of thing. And what I don't understand is that there I watched the trailer and there's a there's conflict in it. They created some conflict that the public didn't necessarily get involved with. Like, why did he do it? What was he drinking? Or you're like, I didn't remember any of this. No, about nobody. Yeah. Guy everybody, saved everybody, and it yeah. was over. It's Wanted the untold to be president. Story. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like that's all made up Hollywood. Stuff. I hear you. I said the same thing to Paul. We were looking at the Patty. trailer, and they needed to have a moment where Helen Hunt looked upset. So they grabbed this shot where she's shutting the blinds. But you clearly know she's upset because there's a lot of people outside on her lawn. Yeah, yeah. But that has nothing to do with her relationship with her husband. So I was like, I guess we pull that clip. I, for I one, know. would want those people off my lawn. Karen. Right, of course. Grandpa Caius does not want people <laughs> on his lawn. That's enough motivation. Well, don't for save me. 150 lives, and you <laughs> won't have to worry about it. <laughs> Is it Helen Hunt or Laura Linney? It's uh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Oh, okay. It's just good, like the red-haired lady from Jurassic Park. We don't know. Yeah, that's a good These question. White people to ask all look alike. Every movie. Yeah. <laughs> brace, brace, brace. Heads Head down, down, stay down. down. And when I heard that on the trailer, I was like, oh, that's what they're going to say when we crash. I, I, never, hear <laughs> I never want I to hear couple, that I had live. a couple of bad dreams about <laughs> hearing that, and I watched the trailer a couple of times so I could own hearing it. And I'm like, okay, now I own that. I know it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. But that's your role you've always wanted, right? You always wanted the guy who says, two more on the radar, sir. That's or, all I want. Or, brace, no. brace, brace. <laughs> I just want to be the guy in any of those like Michael Bay movies who's like, this better be good. <laughs> Just that one line. That's all I want to have is the one guy on the sub who helps move the plot forward yeah. that much. Just an inch. We ain't getting out. paid enough for this. That's all I need. That's all I need. Or messages authentic. Yeah. I concur. I concur. It's all you want. Messages authentic. It's coming through now, Con. It's coming through now, Con. That's all I need is that guy. All right, let's get to the first movie that one of the three of you had heard of. Do you remember 2013's The Surrogate, where a young couple trying to have a baby finds a surrogate mother to carry their child because they are down to their last embryo, and then they invite the surrogate mother to live with them, only to find out that the surrogate has a crush on the husband and starts to sabotage the couple's marriage while using the baby as leverage? Of course you don't. Nobody does. It starred Cameron Matheson. Hmm. <laughs> and so, that's why. Yeah. It's a service. And so as far as we're concerned, I just described the plot of this week's When the Bow Breaks. Good enough? All right, Karen, let's tell the people what it's about. Having my baby What a lovely way of saying how much you love me is this a movie about a surrogate mother that changes her mind? Or a surrogate mother that falls in love with a sperm donor father? Maybe it's a revenge movie. Maybe it could be a movie about a surrogate mother who, along with her scuzzy boyfriend, blackmail the biological parents. The answer is yes to all of those. Woo-hoo. That's four plots, which is three and a half more plots than were found in last week's The Light Between Oceans. <laughs> When, when the Bow Breaks takes every other movie about the other woman and raises the stakes. And if you're like me, then you love it when the stakes are raised. Mm. Uh, you know, I love raised stakes. Well, with, with, with the corn. Amish. With, I, I will raise steaks with the Amish. Yes. <laughs> or with cream spinach. I like raised steaks, what I'm saying. The cream spinach in this case is Morris Chestnut, mm. clearly the world's sexiest Morris. Yes. 
who plays uh, Dash Handsome, as far as you know. A doting husband who can't seem to get his wife pregnant. The doctor explained that her insides were a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. Hey, Paul, I, I'm going to stop you right there because I've seen this trailer. And honestly, ladies, I can tell you already, this is just porn for women. Oh. Absolutely. There's a man who wants to have a baby. Just follow me on this. All right. Morris man, Chestnut Morris wants Chestnut to have a baby with you. Wants to have a baby <laughs> with you. And he's convinced that you're the perfect woman to carry his child. And he's rich. And he has a house and a job. And porn. <laughs> Yes, but it's not all perfect, oh. male fantasy land, <laughs> yeah. because after several failed attempts at the in vitro fertilization, the couple decides that a surrogate mother is their last hope. Yeah, I know, but to make sure that nothing goes wrong, they decide to choose, as their surrogate, a woman who is not only insanely attractive, but also just plain insane. Mm. Nevertheless, they are convinced that they have found the perfect woman to carry their child. Are you sure you still want to be a surrogate? Yes, I am. Look at her eyes. She means it. Yeah, that's the problem with crazy. <laughs> the problem with crazy is it can look sincere. Mm. It's the same look you get from a homeless person who is politely asking for change on the bus. So you think, hey, this guy's just down on his luck. He's not nuts. So you give him a dollar. Then he turns around and craps himself. <laughs> Here's a clip. You are the father. Uh. <laughs> now, the film also features Regina Hall and Jazz Sinclair. <laughs> Jazz Sinclair, <laughs> Morris Chestnut, oh. Regina Hall, That's right. Theo Rossi, Sue Lynn Ansari. Everything is sexier over smooth jazz. <laughs> Sinclair plays a surrogate who finds herself the victim of domestic violence and without a place to live. And soon-to-be mom, Pa Taylor, decide to just let the woman who's carrying their child... Just live with them. Sure. What could possibly go right? And nothing does. The end. This is probably why the marketing campaign for the film is leading with the hashtag, it all went wrong, which could also be the hashtag, could also be the hashtag for Gods of Egypt. And Aloha. And Fantastic Four. And Jupiter Ascending. And Pixels. And Jack the Giant Slayer. And RIPD. And Re Battleship. Oh, and we could go on, but... We need to point out one of our favorite dopey things that this trailer is doing. I love this. Uh -huh. They've made Culture Club creepy. Oh. What? Remember after they made uh, Benny King uh. creepy in that one trailer? <laughs> then they make uh, Insidious, I think it was, it made kids songs uh, creepy. Uh, creepy kids songs, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you didn't think Boy George was creepy before, <laughs> the When the Bow Breaks trailer brings us this. When you're around me, my whole body reacts. No! 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 This movie is a textbook lesson and don't do that! Like the sequence after Jazz Sinclair's character Anna is left without a home because her boyfriend gets arrested. Anna, we'd like you to stay here with us. Uh, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> is that the dress you gave her? No, it's not. Uh-huh, then you let her into your closet? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't be afraid of me, John. You're already inside of me. Wait oh. a minute, you're alone with her? 
Don't, Don't do, do that. that. <laughs> Still confused? Well, just imagine Tina Fey's baby mama, but Amy Poehler wants to kill you. There you go. That's, that's I was going to give this movie a lot of credit Uh-oh. when I watched the trailer. Why? Well, because there's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot going on. Because there is a whole subplot about the ex-boyfriend of the surrogate mother who then kind of weasels his way back in and tries to convince her to, uh, to blackmail the parents and somehow... Because okay. I was wondering if Morris Chestnut had an affair with the woman that was having the surrogate baby because I've never seen that movie and that would yeah. be great. Exactly. <laughs> well, I no, think that's, that's no. in there too. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, how do you get well, that sperm inside of her and you find out that, you know, that oh, you he think got her pregnant? Oh, you think beforehand? Brilliant. Uh, I like got her that pregnant movie. And they go, Let's make her a surrogate. Oh, but that makes sense, too, because that way it's not all girly porn because it's a guy trying to save his butt. So he's like, oh, man, because he was cheating on his wife and he did. You know, he still has a big fancy house and he's gorgeous. But now uh, I want to get back to your girl porn. It's such a different porn. Have you seen guy porn? There's yeah, no, none of that no. in guy porn. No. There's nobody with a job or a no. house. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the girl porn, Karen feels great. In guy porn, we just feel awful. Yeah. We feel terrible. I want out of this. About ourselves. Oh, I feel I, it. I'm not turning it off, but I just feel bad. Yeah. Oh, I'm not turning it off. Does Morris Chestnut, does he take his shirt off in this thing? Of oh, course. Yes. He's super oh. cut. Man. He's yeah. so sexy. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's also, and people forget this, he's uh, the guy who plays the football star in Boys in the Hood. Yes, he is. Is, he's is guy, that more? Uh, what do you think you want to do with your life? And he's like, I like computers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think I could do that? And the guy goes, Son, you can do anything you put your mind to. And then he's killed. Like, <laughs> yeah, he gets a shotgun. Right, no spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler. Well, that movie's spoiler been out that. for no, no, 25 no. years, so it's okay. <laughs> that, that's a movie about gangs. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> if you look behind you, there's we have a poster in the studio of the yeah. perfect guy, and she has the perfect cleavage. That what? is they crazy. These people. these people are the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Yeah, so I think in that one, this Morris is Chestnut cast, right? is married to her, and then Michael Ely is the creepy guy who comes between them. So poor yeah. Morris Chestnut can't yeah. catch a break. Is that the movie we did a while ago where uh, like the husband's a violent husband? Yeah. Yeah. And but but protective of her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like whenever somebody looks at his wife, he freaks out and beats him up. Yes. Yeah, okay. They're doing mm-hmm. like uh, Hitchcock movies with the African-American cast. Well, they had the one thing, right? two years ago. It was one with Idris Elba. I can't remember what it was called with Taraji P Henson, mm-hmm. and he was like a a nut in that one. So they they get some decent premises for these, but and I, they got John Cassar directing. I don't know if you like Twenty Four. Oh, I was a big oh, fan. John Cassar was yeah. one of the big directors of Twenty Four, so that bodes well do for these, this do film too. Do these movies too. do well at the box office? Because you know, like a. Uh, uh, Best Man's Holiday, or I can't remember the one, the Steve Harvey, Think Like a Man, like that dominated. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was like, mm-hmm. yeah. You want, and I'm not even saying like numbers, like, you know, Hollywood numbers. If you go to the actual theater yeah. opposite uh, Best Man's, you know, Think Like a Man, there it's like lines out the door. Yeah, those for sure. I don't know about these suspense ones. Right. They're demographic hole fillers, not only for, you know, uh, black audiences who want to see, not after six months of white people in the, in the action movies all summer, want to see, you know, something that might look like them. But uh, I don't know about the suspense ones. But yeah, like the Best Man Holiday and the Think Like a Man, like some of those comedies, they're huge. huge. But they got the Kevin Hart's stuff is huge. Oh, too. Kevin Hart is killing me. I'm yeah. so falling in love with him. I totally get that. Well, he's short and cute. And he's so funny. <laughs> he's so funny. Oh he's my great gosh. in Central Intelligence, too. He's, he's great so funny in Central yeah, Intelligence. He was great. 
so funny. I like those thrillers, though. I sort of feel like I only saw the trailer to Pacific Heights, though, like 20 years ago. Like, did that ever come out? <laughs> That's you know, a remake they could do with the yeah, like Morris Chestnut. Pacific Heights or like a Damages. <laughs> Morris Chestnut could be the Matthew Modine. Yeah, yeah let's remake it. Yeah. yeah. Modine's moved on. We need a, we need Morris Chestnut in the old Modine roles. Yeah. I feel like this is um, the the movie uh, Fatal Attraction. Just was super hot, people. Because that movie, you think back. Yeah, no, Glenn, Glenn Close, yeah. not so hot. You know? Oh no, yeah, Ooh. she was kind of kind of trapped in the eighties a little yeah, too. Yeah, but come on, it's the same kind of. Yeah, wow. but this, yeah, these. Chips I just are. want Jazz Spencer. What's his name? Jazz <laughs> something. Sinclair. Sinclair. It would be great Her. to have a character. Just every line is hey. <laughs> go. Like every single line of dialogue is going like a chip. Hey, just coming into this uh, doctor's office to see if my fertile enough to impregnate somebody. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Do you think his name is uh, not Jazz Sinclair? It's a woman. Yeah, it's, it's the hot chick. Ah. Yeah. So do you think her name is like April Sinclair and they're like, that's already taken in SAG, you can't do that? She's like, so I'll just change my name to Jazz. Like, oh, you think that's her real name? I bet it's Jasmine. Oh, that's true. I bet it's pronounced J's, and we're idiots. Because ah. <laughs> be there's only one Z. Better than yeah. Jazz. Jazz. That's a really? dumb name. Jazz. Jazz yeah. Sinclair. You're like, uh, is this? I'm sorry. Is this a Cotton Club? Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, no good. Jazz that's is good. a character. Jazz is an Autobot. You know, he's a character from Transformers. You're right. So, and he isn't. You no, know, he's believe- proven it out. It's he's been proven out. Who voiced Jazz? Was that Scatman Crothers? <laughs> Autobots. Hey, Autobots! Roll out. <laughs> you never. You can never win if you name yourself after a genre of music. There's You're never true. like you can be like, hey, I'm Blues Jenkins. You yeah, know? Or, Disco McGillicuddy. Yeah, never yeah, heard from right. again. Exactly. I'm EDM. Hey, I'm Rap Kaufman. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't I am Rap Kaufman. Grunge Murphy. <laughs> rap Kaufman's up to no good. Right now. The cops got their eye on Rap Kaufman. Hi, I'm Fiddle Music McGinnis. I'm a consultant. <laughs> For as many for as many weird rap names as there've been, nobody's ever gone by the name of rap. Isn't that uh, weird? Come yeah, on, good call. last name. I'm Rap Johnson. <laughs> yeah. They've used it a lot. The Cool G Rap was a oh, rapper. Oh, okay. yeah. so true. last name, but no one's no one's had the guts yeah. to go first name. Of the rap. <laughs> or to have like a low status name, you know? If I if I was like a, a rap <laughs> guy, I'd be rapper. like my my rap name would be like Mid Manager. <laughs> or something like that. It wouldn't be like the really cool guy. <laughs> That actually takes the pressure off too. Yeah, for sure. That's smart. Thing. But Always be like climbing up. Mid mid MGMT. That's yeah. what you got. Mid MGMT. <laughs> yeah. Oh, MY. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our next film. We talked about it a bunch here already. Sully. Now, Sully seems a lot like Flight with Denzel Washington, with one slight difference. I can't put my finger on exactly what. Oh, do they serve booze on this flight? That's it. There's no booze in this flight. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> Just when you thought you could fall asleep during that U.S. Airways dull safety briefing, Sandy's nightmare comes true. Brace, brace, brace! Heads down, stay down! (laughs) (laughs) Stick in your head, go to sleep with it right there. This is the true story of what has come to be known as the miracle on the Hudson. A defect. Hey, what's up? What's going on? This is Officer 14. I have a defector with between Estee Lauder and Pierre Cardin. This man cannot be committed to defect. Hey, this is New York City. A man can do whatever he wants. 
Okay, Adam, that's that's Moscow on the Hudson. Oh, oh, okay, Moscow. Got it, got it, got it, got it. This got is it. the Final miracle way. on the Hudson. Oh. Although looking back on Moscow and the Hudson, it seems that the miracle is that the movie was ever made. Oh. Zing. For those of you who may be unfamiliar, the miracle on the Hudson is the story of Chesley Sully Sullenberger. No, Adam. That's Chris Lee, ah. an infeminate Atlanta millionaire who has a reality show on the USA Network about his white trash family. Gotcha. Oh, right. All right. All right. Well, now you can see how I confuse those two. No, I can't. Uh, adapting the miracle on the Hudson, the flight in which Captain Sully Sullenberger successfully made a water landing shortly after takeoff, saving the lives of 155 people on board. That's what this is about. Will Captain Sullenberger be played by America's favorite person or just Josh Brolin? I can answer that. <laughs> the only thing better than Sully Sullenberger is Tom Hanks playing Sully Sullenberger. Yes, Tom Hanks, the actor who always plays an everyman, is apparently up to the letter S when it comes to playing literally every man. After Phillips, Lovell, and Miller, Tom Hanks delivers the final installment of his series, The Captains, as Chelsea Sully Sullenberger. Who knew U.S. Airways actually had good pilots? I always considered them the type of airline where you could actually upgrade and be one of the pilots. <laughs> <laughs> well, adapting this story is a no-brainer. But the big question is, after you've shot those 100 thrilling seconds, mm. how do you fill the other 5,780 <laughs> seconds, to Justin's point? For 96 minutes, Sully takes you inside the 100 seconds of flight time of the Miracle on the Hudson and then pads the movie out with the most thrilling story of all, the negotiations for the rights to make the movie. Here's a clip. Every time the plane banked too sharply on takeoff or landing, I prayed for a crash or a mid-air collision. Anything. So you got go that going for you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> or is this not a business trip? This is this is one hundred percent. Oh great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you see all this business being done? He just fixed the computer right before we started the show. You haven't heard that annoying ding, have you? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh oh, so that might have been Fight Club. Oh, we'll see. But if you thought all the Thanks, newspapers, all the media and mom's Facebook feed painted Sully as an unblemished hero with no dark side, well, he must have caught the story before it was adapted into a movie. Really? The untold story here is the National Transportation Safety Board is a bunch of pricks who tried to blame Captain Sullenberger for crashing the plane. It's not a crash. It was a forced water landing. There you, go. you tell him, Sully. They really tried to make him out to be a real Ted Stryker there. And that, as much as anything else, led to my drinking problem. <laughs> But I don't know of any airplane crashes where the only casualty is wet shoes. <laughs> Sully had no choice but to water land the plane because a flock of Canadian geese rendered both of the plane's engines inoperable. Uh, hmm. Captain Sully and his hooch, Jeffrey Skiles, <laughs> played by Ron Burgundy-stashed Aaron Eckhart, maintained that it was impossible to land at any nearby airports and insist that the river was their only option, saying, hey, the Hudson River is such a polluted mess, we didn't think anyone was going to notice a giant airplane floating in it. But people did notice. And soon, the drowned plane uh, was swarmed by helpful ferry boats rushing to rescue the passengers from the slowly sinking plane. Here's Sully's reaction to landing safely. (laughs) 
How good oh, that movie so was. Funny. <laughs> oh I miss God. old I miss old Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks so much. So amazing. But the NTSB isn't so sure that the river landing was necessary, and so they start investigating the event, suspecting that there may be more to this story than what Larry Crown is letting on. <laughs> For example, maybe the flock of Canadian geese was part of some Canadian conspiracy. Oh, you know, it's directed by Clint Eastwood, so no doubt it's a left-wing conspiracy. And, and that you're the best in the world, and we should not ever forget that. And we, when somebody does not do the job, we've got to let them go. <laughs> oh, Clint. <laughs> Just like Superman and Superman and Batman v Superman, everybody hates Sully for doing a good job. But will Sully triumph as the courts try to tear apart his story of landing his plane safely? There we go. Right up. Normally, we would say. We'll see, or someone will. We'll see. Or oh, I'm so will. good but to see, see this. I can't wait. I saw the preview for this yeah. at least seven times because for some reason before the Ghostbusters, uh, you know, 2016 Ghostbusters, they decided to play all the Tom Hanks movies previews that were coming out. So they played this one and also his uh, Angels and Demons, whatever that Inferno. one is. Yeah. Inferno. So I saw this over and over and over. And it, that's why I know it's so irritating when he goes... They say something like, you know, they allude to problems with his wife and he, and then it's that clip of her just shutting the But the story the of blinds. Sully was not like, oh, that guy with all the trouble with his no. wife, he landed the plane. No, not at all. <laughs> so would this movie have even been made if it wasn't Tom Hanks? Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, I guess. Yes. But it would be an ABC movie of the week. Who yeah. said that? That's would the perfect call. Would it have been as big? Like, does it only work with Tom Hanks? No, I don't think so. To they, get this they, room to see it, I would say maybe yes. I, we're, we're just going to get right into it because oh. I got Justin sitting here chomping at the bit. I did a ton of research on the actual event. I watched every little featurette that's out there about this. I am absolutely in on this 100%. And according to all the research I did, they actually went around and, and asked more than just Tom Hanks. Tom was just one of their considerations. What, I think there's a real story what here. Because you're why? all about the newspaper hero, right? Well, like why, what, what makes, headline. Why, why were you researching? What, what about the story uh, interests you? It's such an impossible thing to have occurred. It's, it's, I hate to sound trite, it's one in a million, and he yeah. pulled it off. And my life is such a daily disappointment of how I've never <laughs> achieved anything. <laughs> I knew I we'd get back to that. that I, think, I just, I really do enjoy witnessing people who who step up to a situation and and you know achieve so far beyond. And this is so no, that a is great definitely the way story. to your heart. Yes. Like there's a, any any movie where someone hits the game winning home run or and he you has know, that lands, moment to, land, to yeah. reach beyond his grasp and do something impossible. This impossible. movie would only be better if that were Tom. Cruise. Tom Cruise. If wow. Tom Cruise landed that plane. Not as an actor, but as Tom God Cruise is. landed that plane. And so you you don't think there's much of a well, story no here. Duff, I, just, I mean, I think it's interesting. It. I mean, I agree with you. I think everything you said. I just, I don't know the stuff around it. I think you made the joke in there about the first, okay, that's 90 seconds. Now well, what? I think. And I just feel like as someone who, who, you know, like everybody, lived the new story and did whatever you had to do to, to read more about it. I don't know. I feel like this is, this is Hollywood and this way that they've conjured up this movie around this news story that I, I don't have that much interest in. I agree, just like I would say that there's superhuman stuff that happens. You're like, oh, that's great. You went above and beyond. But turning it into an hour and a half movie with Tom Hanks is like, alright, next. Come in. What's next? But maybe there is a story about the maybe, NTSB. Maybe, maybe that did happen. Maybe, maybe well, did. yeah, they had to go through certain protocols. I mean, that's what they're adapting. It's like, well, we ha I mean, you we know you're a hero on USA Today, but we have to ask 
Right. Did you screw up here? <laughs> what did you, you know, is there a way to but, avoid but all know, this but stuff? I yeah. always have a problem with movies that played out in reality like that because we know before you go in that he was cleared of anything. Yeah. Like he's a hero. So the idea that they're going to bring up all this co- conflict and we're all going to be like, did he, did the plane crash? What, what happened? Huh? OJ no, was cleared. Okay. Yeah, but OJ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we still watch that miniseries. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, is that, yeah. is that all true? Like, like Titanic or whatever. You know, take your example and you're like, eh. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I yeah. mean, that's personally for me. I can't. Yeah. I, the Titanic, I have no interest in. Yeah, like, you know, like I'm like, I'm more interested in seeing how we, we, uh, a there has been no vetting out. of our guests this week. <laughs> yeah, you got the wrong guy. I'm telling you, like Titanic I, and of, this. Really? A lot of movies we probably do not uh, agree on, Bart. <laughs> well, I tell you, he's we'll been down this road before. He made flags of our fathers. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it was yes. a profile of the people behind the Iwo Jima. Yep, famous photo and statue. Which is fascinating. And yeah, and it turns out they had a ton of problems. I mean, a lot of them came from the army putting them forward as these people, and they had issues like alcoholism, and suddenly it all came to light, and mm-hmm. it kind of wrecked a lot of their lives just being thrust to the forefront like that. So it's like, just leave them alone. Is this, is leave this, Sully alone. Is, did they fictionalize this at all? I mean, is this a movie where some of the stuff didn't happen, and they just put in... Sully or... Or... Sully. Sully. Yeah. Uh, no, I, Bart, what do you think? I think it's their Every, goal to tell the untold yeah. story. Everything I saw was that it's true to life. And it's actually a thought I had while I was watching the many featurettes and extra footage that I was <laughs> yes. able to find about Sully Sullenberger. I wonder what it's like as Sully to sit on, this, on the set. Because there are moments that you know were written, that were dramatized. Of course. Yes, there was an exchange, but maybe Sully wasn't quite as poignant <laughs> in the moment. But Tom has the perfect answer, which is, you know, we're investigating the crash. And the response is, it wasn't a crash, it was a landing. It's such a great little, ah! gotcha moment and I don't know if that actually happened I don't know if Sully was that succinct so I'm wondering as an actor or, or as, as the person whose story you're telling you're like uh, well I didn't really I wasn't that great in the moment but you know what go ahead with that because I look really good <laughs> maybe maybe the better question is as a group of uh, comedy bit masters what could they add to it that would make it more interesting a crash I'm thinking I said well there's oh if it actually, they didn't make it that would be way more <laughs> we're interesting we're rewriting it the director's right? cut right <laughs> We have it crash into a wall. I hope yeah. you don't mind. <laughs> well, I will say if Clint Eastwood is directing, it's going to be 15 minutes too long. So we know that that's uh, a thing out of the gates. Well, you know, and, actually, that's oh. been to the film's credit in the reviews that came out of Telluride. It's 96 minutes. Oh, so it's a oh, rare because wow. his movies are always too long. I was going to say and 96 in, minutes. This is the shortest movie of the year. Right? Following Blackheart, up, following up what Sandy world. said though, there's going to be a bunch of people that are smaller parts on that plane that might not be the best actors. He does he does that move too. That's another thing. Like that Cadillac movie. What Pink Cadillac? Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Oh, that's a car. You know, whatever. It's a car. It's, right, that deep. Subaru movie, remember that? <laughs> but it's interesting, like, Clint will have really good actors, and then he just kind of puts in these people that you go, well. Bridges of Madison County as well. He's often plagued by supporting actors that yeah. are suspect. Yeah. Oh. The Rookie. Yeah, I'm just saying. No, I'm with Grant <laughs> well, Torino. the leads in that one. <laughs> Grant Torino was, was filmed on first takes only. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. They did not do a second take at all you, on that movie. Really, That's good yeah. enough. Move on. He yeah. really is such like the grumpy old man of like, I ain't got time for a second take. That's good enough. <laughs> That's right. Moving on. <laughs> what is Clint Eastwood directed? Uh, the most recent dollar, was American Sniper. Bridges of right. nope. Madison nope. County. Nope. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what? No. I don't think, I've, in my head, White I don't think Hun- White Hunter Blackheart. Nope. Uh, uh, Jersey Boys, nope. Million Dollar Baby, nope. Unforgiven, nope. Uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales, nope. <laughs> Million Dollar <laughs> Baby. I've not seen any of those movies. No. So wait, wait. Honestly, the Clint Gauntlet, a perfect just, world, no, a perfect no. So that's oh, what I'm saying. Good. Like I, Clint Eastwood and I, we just do not see eye to eye, and have no interest in anything that. <laughs> wait, I got it. I got it. Uh, so, uh, Play wait. Misty for me. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, flags of our fathers. So you saw flags of our fathers. Letters from Iwo Jima. Nope. Oh. 
Which I thought I was d- the better of the I two, realize, by the way. I, I, even stuff that he's in. Maybe I get a kick out of late 70s, like, uh, Dirty Harry stuff. Any which way you can? Any no. which way but loose? Yeah, like, I've watched that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? Like, like, Reason X. But I feel as an adult, I don't think I've ever seeked out a Clint Eastwood movie. A uh, Star Wars? Raiders of the Lost Ark? He's in those? No, I'm kidding. I just, <laughs> just wanted to get you back <laughs> in. Just wanted like to get stuff. He was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm, I think I had this discussion earlier. Mark Hanner couldn't be here because he had to fly back. He was a, a host of Schadenfreude for many years. Uh, he doesn't like uh, anything Clint Eastwood directs, See? and he he thinks he's boring. And we had a discussion, and I don't know if this will bear out in this room because I know Paul's a big fan. I know some people here are somewhat fans, but but just like I said about Ridley Scott, and I brought this up, you don't like Ridley Scott as much as you think you do. So you've got the gladiator right there, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that even in movies that you like of his that ah, that's a, that can be a little boring. Like Legend, like imagine Legend, I go, oh, it's so beautiful, but you don't you don't picture those 45 really boring minutes of just kind of <laughs> traveling around, beautiful, but you know, not much going on. But I feel the same way about uh, Clint Eastwood. I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. Like there are there are moments I really do like in his movies, but. As a as a director as a whole, like I don't know if it's that spectacular. I think the more spectacular thing is he's still doing it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, to that point, I always bring him up as as a great example of why I enjoy being in the arts. A lot of people get into job, hey, I gotta support my family or whatever, so I'm taking this job because it's got great benefits. Do I like the job? No, but well, prepare to hate it for 30 years, retire, and maybe die the next week. Uh, if you get into the arts, you do this stuff. You don't retire. You don't want to retire. You want mm-hmm. to keep working. You want you to keep. keep and he's mid eighties. Like keep I'm keep making movies. Someday you'll make it. So you keep trying. Hey, I'm making it today <laughs> with Schadenfreude on the oh, damn show. Oh, it is a porn. I was right. That's right. But those guys that Ridley Scott works with are making it as well, right? And, you yeah. know, so you have a guy in Prometheus or whatever. Ridley Scott's like the master of every other movie is really good. Yeah, yeah, so there's always true. like an off movie called like The Lawyer. And you're like, well, it stars everybody from Prometheus. Yeah. And they're on set and he's like, should we do this movie called The Lawyer? And they're like, do I get paid? And is it slightly crappy? It's definitely crappy. Great, we're in. Yeah. That's like his every other movie. And every you forget that time. and then you go, oh, his new movie. Oh, I love his last movie, but you're only talking about the last one that's like, you know, like. Well, yeah, he had Prometheus. that American Gangster love affair with uh, Russell Crowe where they made Gladiator and American Gangster. They, 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 they had to make a good year, though. <laughs> the wine one that this nobody saw. Thing. This yeah. is the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what wine one? What's that one? A Good Year. Yeah, it's like a comedy. A Good Year is a Ridley Scott movie? With Russell oh, Crowe. That's hilarious. It's like a romance <laughs> type of thing. I'm a huge fan. I literally don't remember that point made. <laughs> So pink Cadillac. No, I want to bring up. I want to bring up. Flight. I don't think you directed that. I want to bring up Flight because Adam and I went and saw Flight. And has anyone saw, seen Flight? Denzel, it's not directed right? by Clint Eastwood, so you may have seen it. No, um, I have. It's good. Uh, it's got Denzel. You like Denzel? I thought it was a boring, boring movie. It was just him drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And in the end, I didn't. I didn't buy the end. I'm not going to give it away. But there's this moment where he has to tell the truth about something. But the reality in 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 the uh, the reality is that whether he tells the truth or not doesn't affect anything so mm-hmm. it's just this weird kind of like yeah you're moral in the moment but nobody's life is being affected you're not actually tarnishing somebody's uh image and you're falling on a sword for no reason you actually were able to save everybody on the plane anyway adam and i saw that and uh it i had the same reaction to that movie that i had uh after supersize me everyone see supersize mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. after supersize me where where all this guy did was gorge himself on mcdonald's 
and after flight where all he did was drink himself into oblivion. Mm-hmm. After su- Super Size Me, I wanted a McDonald's. So bad. Yeah. So bad. I and paused after flight- to go get <laughs> McDonald's. I literally did. And after flight, and Adam and I yeah. went to a <laughs> after flight, Adam and I went to a bar immediately Had after that. Flight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did the Mary same thing with the big night. I think the one about Italian dinners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Y'all, you must have gorged after God. that. Yes. So <laughs> the scene at the end of that when they're making that omelet or those oh. eggs, yeah. you know, yeah. like that real time 15 minute Yes, last it's scene. like yeah. 10 minute take yeah, or what something. A great last yeah. scene of a movie. They just make eggs. And he just made eggs. And, I, and still, yeah. I watched him and went, I could never make eggs no. like that. No. <laughs> but it was like test yeah. that bonding, the, the bonding of those two together. And then, then he just like put his arm around his yep. brother yeah. and he cuts right to yeah. black. It's like one of those indie it's movie endings. Movie. Like, Don't ah, go to that movie so hungry. Yeah. That's just for your own safety. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our final film of the big weekend. It's The Wildlife. Before we proceed with this yeah. preview, let's make sure that it does indeed qualify as an animated kids movie. Yeah, no. good idea, Paul. Uh, we wouldn't want to wander off into... Well, let me yeah. do this with you. Bar, are there talking animals? Uh, check. All right. Do they have to either do battle with or learn to befriend humans? Uh, check again. Is someone thrust into a strange and foreign world? Check. Are differences overcome in the name of cooperation, lessons learned, and friendships forged? And uh, does the least likely character end up being the one that saves the day? Uh, I'm going to have to go with a maybe on that, Paul. That's good enough. Let's okay. continue. Yay! Oh, hey, 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 hey. Oh. You forgot the overly, uh, overtly hip and contemporary soundtrack. No, we'll get to that. Okay. Well, then please proceed. All right. Oh. So, wildlife. I got some wildlife. If a movie opens in theaters and nobody is there to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> I think we're going to finally get the answer to that age old question this week when the wildlife hits your local Cineplex. It's There you go. Tom Hanks appears in his second film of the week as a man washed up on shore in a deserted island. No, no, no he's good at that, but oh. this, in this case, it's Robinson Crusoe. Oh, well, missed That'd... opportunity there. Yeah. Anywho, uh, Robinson Crusoe finds himself surrounded by fun, colorful, and animated talking animals when his ship washes up on the shore of a kid's movie. <laughs> this film was originally titled Robinson Crusoe. The story seems more like it was written by Daniel Defoe's kid, as we know who the real stars are here. Oh, animals, animals. The animal inhabitants of this remote island include Mac the parrot, Rosie an anteater, Carmelo a lizard, Epi, who's some kind of rodent, and Scrubby a goat. Spoiler alert, the film ends when Crusoe realizes he has to shoot and eat the animals. There we go! No, 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 Paul, I don't don't know what kind of animated kid (laughs) movies you're watching, but stop me if you've heard this one. Natural predators band together to escape a place as man and beast learn to live together once man realizes that parrot, anteater, lizard, maybe rodent, and goat don't taste all that good. And it doesn't (laughs) take long for Robinson Crusoe and his animal friends to carve out a nice little life for themselves on the island. Everything is going great until a couple of cats decide to stir up trouble. And so begins a long history of man living his life ruined by some pussy. Cats. Seriously, if you're a man with cats, then your life is probably already ruined. That's that's all I'm saying. Right. That's all that was leading up to? <laughs> that's, all that in, that's all that innuendo was suggesting. Actually, it's not a bunch of mangy cats that threaten their newly found harmony, but also some pirates. Oh. Because, you know, pirates, they <laughs> like the taste of parrot, anteater, lizard, rodent, and goat. This premise seems familiar, but there's something different about this animated trailer. Yet, I can't quite put my finger on it. A notable lack of celebrities. Aha, that's it. I have no clue who is voicing these characters. 
Well, that may be unfair to suggest that they aren't celebrities, because in other countries, who's to say that these people uh, don't instantly uh, have recognizable names? For example, Matthias Schweighofer mm-hmm. and uh, Kaya Yarnilka, mm-hmm. Bessin Dieter Hollervorden, Aelin uh, Tezelant, and Gada I Akal, and Teamer. Beckmambetov. No, no, no. If only he was directing. Instead, it's Ben Stassen. There you go. And Vincent Castellute. They should have just gone with Jazz Sinclair. (laughs) Seriously. This is why you do that. Disco McGillicuddy. (laughs) This is one of those animated movies chock full of funny and adorable moments that aren't. But don't worry. You won't notice because that really hip music soundtrack. Building a human nest in the tree. What do you say we help him out? Now what is going on? Really? Get ready for the wildlife. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. See, just like animation can give the illusion of reality, music can give the illusion of comedy. See, I told you we'd get to the overtly hip and contemporary soundtrack. Thank you, Paul. If this is a hit, maybe we'll get a movie about the other fish in Moby Dick, or the roaches in Atticus Finch's house. Or what the people were like who lived next door to the animal farm. Oh, Pat Penning! Pat Penning! Pat Penning! That's a good movie. I want to know that. <laughs> this movie sets out to prove that kids will watch anything as long as it's animated. I thought Happy Feet, Trek the Third, Cars 2, B-Movie, Chicken Little, and Flushed Away did that. Well, they did, but so does this one, Paul. <laughs> right, well, will the most cowardly of animals step up and prove himself? There's only one way to keep your kids quiet. I mean, find out. <laughs> by seeing the wildlife. <laughs> there you go. Now, they already had a movie called The Wild, right? David Schwimmer, I think. No, that's uh, Madagascar. Animated? They couldn't even get David Schwimmer for this movie, huh? <laughs> no celebrity voices were even I used looked in any through way. this movie Ray to Romano see. Ray Romano isn't doing no. one. John Leguizamo it, isn't doing one. I gotta tell you, it was shocking because I looked through this uh, cast list to see if anybody was having a birthday. And I recognized no one. Yeah, and it's the, a full-on foreign the, production. The lead Full guy Block is German. The, uh, uh, he's big in Germany yeah. with this David Hasselhoff. This isn't Hassel. like a Netflix original. Like, this is a real movie yes. in it, theaters. It, it looks like it just missed being a Netflix original. Uh, <laughs> it's a real movie. But uh, ironically, the little I think that thrill. was a clerical error. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only answer. An, an IT issue. Yeah, Resort of a clerical error. Turn it's off on, notifications. In <laughs> March, we talked about The Little Prince, which was an animated <sighs> movie that uh, never saw theaters. Like, a week before it came out, they pulled it. Goes on Netflix, gets like a, a so good. great reviews. It yeah, is and. An Excellent. Oh, and, and really? that, yes. But that one didn't go to theaters. So that's weird. They yanked that one right before it came out. Oh. This one they let slip through. But it's weird because now kids are back in school. So it's like this movie's te- technically an endangered species at this point. They put one out every week this summer mm-hmm. because you had to have an animated option, if, especially if you saw last week's animated option. But this week, like, this is just dumping ground for this, right? right. We this don't is just have. Nomeo and Juliet, right? This we don't have kids. Goes. So you, you guys have kids. All right. So yeah, would yeah. your children want to see this? How does that work? No. <laughs> uh, I have a nine-year-old, so we're, we're transitioning out of these kind of movies. Yeah. But I saw plenty of these movies. And oh. so these are the movies that I, I'm, I'm glad that this movie is on this week because I can talk about how absurd all these movies are. Yeah. I have to go and see them. They're the same, right? They're all the same. They're And I actually, for one, would, would go see this because it's not celebrities. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's just something yeah. about the idea of just seeing you know, peeking behind the curtain and knowing someone spent two hours on this, you know, that like whoever the star is, Matthew McConaughey is like, I'm, I'm, you know, I got to get out of here by two thirty. 
You know, yeah. and that, yeah. that just right away. You're Here's like your that, seven million dollars. Yeah, it's the Krusty yeah. the Clown thing. It comes yeah. in and reads yeah. the five lines. How do you do it, kid? I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me feel like it's all cheap and it's all just uh, manufactured. So I, I might want to see something like that. But this sounds terrible. I, it's, I mean, I don't know. The, the guys who do um, Kubo. Uh-huh. Are, like a, uh, all those guys? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That stuff my son will will respond to. Paranorman. Uh, did you have a guy from Kubo on your show yeah, in WGN? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. It's the Phil Knight's kid from uh, Nike. Oh, did you know that? Travis no. Knight. Oh, yeah, Travis he was just Knight up at the is, premiere. Yeah, and uh, that Nike, uh, Phil Knight, put the money up to start Leica. Oh, and oh, gave cool. it to his son. Yeah, oh, that's, that's cool. So it's kind of, yeah. um, <laughs> which is bad. It's great because you're like, that's awesome. And you're also like, oh, so there wouldn't be a like if there wasn't a billionaire going, I'm going to give this yeah. to my son. Yeah. But at least, he, at least he did something good with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Exactly. He didn't make a reality show about <laughs> the Nike kids. Or <laughs> I think that um, it, this summer has been bad. I, everyone loves Secret Life of Pets. I, I was one I just struggled mm. through, man. I could not watch yeah, the whole thing. It's just because it's this idea of like, oh boy, I'm a dog. Oh boy. And then he's got his friend, I'm the lazy dog. I'm the fat dog. <laughs> You're like, oh my God. <laughs> this is the. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of that kind of stuff. So I feel like this sounds a little bit more like that. Is it going to be, or when they sort of take on the personification of, you know, it's an anteater, so it's, it's going to talk like that because it uses its nose. You know, or something like that, or you know, whatever the other things are that you mentioned. It's just uh, it's a awful. sloth would talk really yeah. slow. Well, Everyone well, loves Zootopia. That's that the same thing. We're just like, oh, well, God, the other stop. weird thing about this is like at one time it was like, oh, there, here's a phylum we haven't discovered yet, or whatever, a genus. Like, oh, the animals that are in Madagascar. This is just like an armadillo and a mouse, and you're like, what? Where? What island are they all cohabitating? <laughs> there in? are. It's, they've yeah. run out of. These <laughs> there no, are Steve two would, animals. Oh, right. There are two animals. I have no idea what they are. I think it's an anteater, and I think it's. A rodent of some sort. Yeah. I was gonna say, would you take your kids to this? No, that's what my wife is for. Ah! <laughs> uh, I, no, I. We watch. Uh, you know, my. So I've got a three-year-old daughter. So we're right oh. before. You know, like real, real movie age. Where, uh, you know, we took her to see Finding Dory, which was oh, great. okay. Um, I really like that one. And then uh, we're going to take her to see Kubo because she's actually a big fan of Coraline and Paranorman and, like, all of those really obscure animated ones. Um, so, yeah, so it's, like, this kind of stuff, no fan of. She doesn't want to yeah. see it. I'm not going to expose her to it. Yeah. We can skip this entirely. If we go, it's because my sister and her kids want to go, and that's... That's an outing for my wife and my mm-hmm. sister and all the kids to go. I'll go find something else to do. And it's interesting because you mentioned like Finding Dory, Secret Love of Pets. These are big and they're big uh, studio right. animated ones. Zootopia, Dead's mm-hmm. Disney, and they all perform well. But there's always, but this is like part of the under, like there's yeah. the second tier. Norm of the North came out this year about a polar bear. That's Who's one of these that ever. Yeah. Uh, I had another Ratchet and Clank came out. Yeah. Remember that? That came out. Yeah, I think I remember that. Who knew? One, yeah. 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 So they, I think that falls into that category. And if it can rise above it, then it's really well. What, doing what they do also is, you know, I have Comcast cable. So when you have an HBO, they will ha- put those movies on HBO free. And so then you're sitting at home at three o'clock on a Sunday with nothing to do, and you're like, "Oh, hey, look what's on! Uh, Flushy the fish is on. You want to watch Flushy?" <laughs> the fish? And you're like, "Yeah, he doesn't care. Really sure, yeah, this is better, you know." And you're like, "Okay." And then you watch, and you're like, "This is terrible." So like, at least we've gotten past the point of going and spending money on it, yeah. you know, in the sense. But there still is the danger of, oh, "I'll watch this." 
Like fish that gets flushed down in and then released into the wild oh. has to learn how patent to be a fish. I kind of love pending, that. Patent yeah. pending. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, think, I, don't know. I like Justin. Plushy the fish. Plushy. I I can kind can of... While you're in L.A., man, you might want to take this. It's meeting. a numbers game here, guys. I mean, let's just pitch. Let's just pitch. The merch on Plushy the fish? The oh. merch! Oh, man. And nice. the neat thing is you can even teach your kids potty training with it. You can have toilet paper with Plushy on it. Educational tie-in, Jared. Love it. Here you go. Here you go. You got to game you got the little thing you like used to flick footballs Flushing or whatever the fish, the game. you get the fish you get the bowl over there and you have to flush right as i flick it to oh. the thing right okay pat, patent pending patent pending. we already have merchandise then let's make the movie <laughs> <laughs> now we need the logo who's in Hasbro did that. uh there there is one thing in with this trailer that i love though and i always bring this up when we do it's got the great voiceover guy. i love that guy, guy. You, hey kids you why don't you come into my van <laughs> That's what I hear. The best was just in uh, Nine Lives. This this because this guy. And Do you want to say he's the best? Do you know this movie? What is Nine Lives? Is this the, is this the Kevin Spacey one? Yeah. yeah. I can't tell if it's like it is this going to be a complete like flop. It's going to be a cult favorite for me, I have a feeling. I see, that's the joy. We, pre- we previewed it. We don't have to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's already out of I got I can't, t- I can't with tell critics. if he just... Yeah, it, I can't tell if he just phoned that in the same thing. Like, everybody's doing it. I want to get out of work by one thirty, mm-hmm. Or it, yeah. if it's some weird thing that we just don't see in the trailer because they've marketed to kids that there's something that would convince Kevin Spacey to play a cat. Yeah. Who's the yeah. female lead? That's it's so really dumb. a satire on the male yeah. overworked, right. Right. you know, yeah, was, in, in the workplace. For, right. Jennifer Garner? Oh, then yeah. it was the former. Yeah. It was Jennifer Garner. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. She's right? Really that, That's yeah. the indicator yeah. right She's there. You go, that. Ah. Well, here's their voiceover Elizabeth guy. And, I, and I've heard this guy a number of times. I think I can pin him <laughs> out as this specific <laughs> okay. voice. Tom Brand excelled at business yeah. but failed at what mattered most. Now, a mysterious man is about to change everything. This guy's a little different, but I think the wildlife guy's trying to follow in this guy's footsteps. In the middle of the ocean, there lies an island where animals rule. Until the day, they got an unexpected visitor from Summit Entertainment. This year, to save their island, they'll have to work together and survive Uh each other. The wildlife. They got an unexpected visitor from Summit Entertainment. <laughs> we didn't expect Summit to pick us up. What? A piece of intellectual property they bought a couple years before the merger that we have to commit to. That's amazing because he does the same. It's like music. He does the exact same inflection on every single line. And we like yeah. that guy. And he just always he leads in. He was a in. transporter. Who was transporting things <laughs> when it turned out he was transporting a body? You could do it with anything. <laughs> anything. Oh my God. It got really, really cold the day after tomorrow. <laughs> it was about a meteorite that was going to crash into Earth. <laughs> Here, Sandy, what was the plot to the core? <laughs> the core is an underrated movie. The core but is. Do it as this guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Earth's core is shattering. <laughs> it's up to Aaron Eckhart. Was that Tim? <coughs> yeah, yeah. Delroy Lindo totally. and, Del- and Stanley it's Tucci. It's up to Delroy Lindo. <laughs> How often are we relying on unobtainium <laughs> shipping? Go to the center. It's up to Chicky Caro and uh, Delroy We Lindo. thought that Fleshy the Fish was dead, but was he? <laughs> He's in the core. <laughs> that is. He a- made it to the core. <laughs> Can we cue up the Schadenfreude sketch uh, before the end of the show with the Ben Franklin movie trailer? That is a joke that you. Everybody in this room would love so much. We did the Schadenfreude radio show, and we did a sketch called Ben Franklin, where we did some semblance of a plot. But the whole joke was we list off all of those Brian James, or like like just all those weird names of uh, of actor Checky Caro, and uh, uh, anyway, we'll play Ronnie later. Cox. 
Ronnie Cox. Joaquin Del Media. <laughs> it sounds like the cast of this movie. <laughs> Henry well, Journey. <laughs> yeah, Journey, yes, that's one of them. That's, uh, see, he went even deeper. Yes. Well, we've moved out of uh, these old movies, which is great. Let's get out of the new movies, move on with our guests. The comedy troupe's been around for many, many years, taking different forms. It's various players hop around the country. We have some of them here in the studio. Sandy Marshall, Justin Kaufman, and Steve Schmidt. Schadenfreude! Let's get the latest on what everybody's up to. Uh, for I think Adam has referenced Justin's show a number of times mm. here on our show. Uh, Justin Kaufman is the host of The Download on WGN Radio in Chicago. Yeah, you know how uh, your dad just keeps hearing you piping off about Ike? Yeah. We have to listen to Adam pipe off about you. Enough with the Justin Kaufman show. I get it, I get it. He's got a successful show. He had Jeff Bridges, are you aware that we had stand-up comedian Samantha Hale? Yeah. I like you very much. I'm not sweating it either. No, but yeah. it's 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 gangbusters, yeah, right? Yeah, I got it's uh it's every night seven to eleven weeknights in Chicago. Uh, WGN is the famed AM seven twenty station that used to do the Cubs. I'm actually a great trivia question for Chicago history: who replaced the Chicago Cubs on WGN? Because they had a contract dispute and they split, and so then they went, okay, I guess we're gonna go back to talk. Who will we get? Who will we get for super cheap? <laughs> and so I am the guy who replaced the Chicago Cubs on GN before they won the World Series. Nice. <laughs> now you, now and you then said, they went and yeah, won the World Series. They're going to go win it this year. And they'll be like, ah, well. So every once in a while, you'll, you'll run into people a different place in Chicago, and they'll be like, eh, this Justin's got a show on GN. They go, should have never lost the Cubs. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, you, let, you lose my choice. Yeah, you're right. yeah, you nailed it. I was like, guys, choose me instead of oh that. Oh my God, are you serious? You think we should? Oh, uh, let me go talk to management. You're so right. <laughs> oh, that's a that's great. That's a really cool. You wear that that robe outside. That's great. <laughs> you're an unbelievable listener. Thank you. You By said way, you do that show every night, every Monday through Friday. Monday yeah, through right. Friday. Uh, what's that like? Because we do the show once a week, and I cannot tell you what a pain in the butt it is <laughs> to get this thing put together. It's it's intense, man. It's hard. It's, it's hard because you prep. The idea that GN GN's done talk radio, AM talk radio in Chicago. It's kind of a, it's almost like a their export. Chicago. Chicago has mm-hmm. a radio show. You know, Steve Dahl and and the, the guys who were at GN for years. They just they they're like Midwest because GN is a superstation on the AM dial, so it can go all the way to. I mean, I was talking to. Is that what three letters means? I was means? talking to Fred. Yeah. And yeah, the world's greatest newspaper. It's the. Ah. But um, uh, talking to, you know, driving in Ohio, you can hear it. Yeah. You know, and it's that kind of thing. So you get uh, just you just get a lot of different types of people that listen to it. But what they wanted to do was to really kind of bring an NPR and sensibility to the nighttime, so it's more interview stuff. When are they going to do from. that? I know, right? <laughs> Trust me, I know. But the problem with that kind of show, and I realize it, is that it's really hard to pull off every night four hours of like really thoughtful, kind of you know, prepared, deep interviews. And that's the part that like you're just like by Thursday, you're just hitting your head against the wall, reading another book. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it, I mean, it's a great job, and I would never complain about that part of it because it's awesome just like you said about being creative you get this chance to dig dig in and talk to some really cool people and you want to be prepared you don't want to be somebody who's like oh so, yeah tell me about the new movie oh that's hilarious you know you, you really want to get into it but it does take a lot of energy about that because you always hear when people go on a show and i've read your book and it says that blah 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 how many full books do you get through when someone comes on your show it, and all of them Every time? No, it depends. You know, I have this thing where if they're and coming if in you studio, don't want to spill a secret, no, 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 no. no. If they're, I just, <laughs> this, this is just happening. There's a great yeah. book called um, uh, "The Art of the Lie" that's mm. coming out. Or "Art of Lying." I can't remember what it's. Uh, uh, 
a, a PhD maybe from the from East Coast University. I can't remember exact all the details. Anyway, I have it because I just got on a plane, and they want to come on next week because they're coming through Chicago. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that, and I want to read it because I want to be able to have sustain an hour long conversation that's you know more like a Charlie Rose and less like sort of let's take a commercial break. What do you think of the Cubs this year? You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they're like, it's not going to work in studio, so we'll do it by phone, right? And then you're like, ah oh, man, for ten minute phoner, I'm going to read 400 pages. You know, no. that's where you get, yeah. And so you have to make the call where you're like, well, do I fake it? Do I fake it and just do the talking points about it because it's only 10 minutes? Or do I say no? And that's where you get to, you know, for us, we say no. We try to say, all right, you know what? It's not worth it. I mean, sometimes if you're a celebrity, we'll do, we'll do phoners because that's, they're just, you know, it's the only way you're going to get them. But if somebody's coming through who's, who, you know, they wrote a book and the, and the point is to talk about the subject in their book. You really want to be prepared. It sucks. And there are times that I zone. I'm not a good reader. I get about halfway through a book and it's zone out time. We're just like, oh, God, please. I beg for the, the middle section with pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. But I learned that, you know, I had a great host that I worked with at NPR who, like, refused to take the easy way out. And so he, you know, I re- produced for him. So I would be the one that was cutting corners. And he would do all the work. And then I realized when I got the job, I'd do the same thing. So. Yeah. How how long did you work at uh, WBEZ? Which twenty was years, Chicago Public Radio. Yeah, yeah. So I worked at NPR and I was a producer for a long time, executive producer. And then we had the Schadenfreude Radio Show there that we did uh, an actual like theater of the mind show for what for three years. Yeah, and uh, that was intense. Like that's <laughs> that was a different level. I mean, I guess that's the thing. We just if you're going to do the any sort of media, it's got to be intense. But the um, we would write. I mean, we wrote sixty episodes that were f- like content, like all new. The process that we put together, I mean, it, it took hours and hours and hours. We were there to all, all times of the night. We went on retreats for weeks where we would go and write like 10 episodes. I mean, it was pretty intense. So I don't know. I just feel like if you want to try and put something on and where there's going to actually be an audience for it, you know, you want to try and be as, te- as sort of t- Paul, I'm taking prepared. notes for the show here. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say the same thing for this, too. Like, uh, you know, I've, the Schadenfreude sensibility was, you know, like, you know, we're not going to take the easy way out. That's why we have a script here for our podcast. How many podcasts have a script, you know? But it's like, right, right. we don't want to get lost. We don't want to, like, fumble. We want to make sure we nail some jokes. And then that just is what we hang all our content it's, it's, off of, you, you know, know? We all trained at Second City. And, and one yeah. of the things they've always, that, that stuck through with me in my all my professional life has been, you know, play to the height of your audience's mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. and at a certain point you go well and this is what we did on stage with Schadenfreude too you know that also means that they are going to have a bond and loyalty to the fact that we're working hard mm-hmm. you know that they realize that we're not just sort of phoning it in and that we're just kind of here here you know here's here's what everybody else is doing yeah. because you want to get that bond because at the, at the end of the day there is a lot of competition so people are going to come to the movie guys because they know you put the work in yeah and that's that's a key and you know like much like you know when we threw down the gauntlet when we did a sketch show we said we'd do a new sketch show every week the cheat on that was you'd swap out about two sketches a week yeah. right? right so you'd slowly but technically different new show every week but also that's a throwing down the gauntlet a little bit to go all right we can make that we can make that happen we can make it so that the mm-hmm. show is different every week and mm-hmm. that became the sort of pressure and when we did the show at the Second City, the movie guys, we did a live show at the Second City here. I don't think we realized how good we had got at executing this amount of script, you know, but we would do a full month's movie yeah, four times in an hour. Memorized. Yeah, four times yeah. this, but edited down yeah, and tight until we started bringing in guests because we we, oh. uh, we brought in Robert Buscemi uh, and we didn't realize that we somehow make this look really easily. And the first like three guests we brought in for the stage 
were like, I don't know. I'm not sure how to. It was just, it was just too much. And we're like, oh, I guess we got really good at this. <laughs> just uh, being able to. Execute. We'd lock script on Monday, rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, and yeah. be live off. Oh, this crew knows Thursday, this. Right? This crew knows and that. So, yeah, we'd have guests come on and go, "What? No, this is not happening. Where's the teleprompter? No." Well, but especially I, in podcast universe, I mean, you got to stand out from all the. Uh, I mean, it's just so many. It's too many. It's there's a glut. No, if, him and uh, Haw talk about him and Haw. What do you? <laughs> hey, how's your weekend? It's good. Uh, what'd you do? Uh, yeah, God, ten minutes oh, of that. Can finally get the content too. Yeah, well, with talk, the difference is that that you know, there's already been the death knell where people are like, okay, AM talk radio or any radio in general, they're like, nope, it's sunsetting. That's the end. It's not going to be in cars anymore. So a lot of, uh, and it's mostly only owned by corporate. It's a corporate media. And so there's a they'll pay money for a host to just be the host. Mm. You know, there's not a lot of there's no production, meaning, you know, you don't have like five, six producers behind you have editors. So it's really paying for that person to just go, you know what I think of Donald Trump? This is what I think. What do you mm-hmm. think? Three, one, two, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> and that is that's it. That's a kind of media that everybody knows in talk radio. You've seen it almost. That is just overrun. And yeah. then now and then they threw in the idea of of politically picking a side. You know the Rush Limbaugh's or the or Air America, where that became kind of a thing. So you really, when you get there and you want to reinvent and do something else, it's it's as hard as as the idea of, of podcast being everywhere. It's the same kind of thing because everyone already has an assumption of what your show is going to be or how it should be because it's talk radio. And if you don't do exactly that, you get these people who are like, ah, oh, he didn't say what he thinks of Trump. <laughs> how, how, how do I know? And you're like, oh, you can get that anywhere, man. <laughs> yeah, but what I really feel at the listening, it's, what's great is I've listened to talk radio for years. And since we used to have a really vibrant, great talk radio station. And then they made a law that they all had to be conservative talk for some reason. It was just an easy busy business model. And all my favorite shows just went, you know, you know, same sort of info. But it's really hard to reinvent uh, that I really like that that Justin has done NPR meets hip hop basically. Like you have hip hop artists on there and stuff, and that's got to be so new for WGN. Well, the 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 tagline for the show is a show about Chicago starring those who know it well. Yeah. But the point that I always make to people who will be irate because they they will make jokes that this is not WGCI, which is the black station in town, yeah. or, or you know, or anything. This isn't what I want to hear. Is Chicago's not you? Chicago's a big place, man. And a lot of people mm-hmm. live here, and one of the problems with you know, the way media has become where it's everything is so siloed is that you don't hear other people's point of view. You don't hear, understand. So having a hip hop artist is not for shock value. It's because that kid who goes to high school or went to high school in an area that was crime ridden, that had violence, that, you know, um, or maybe he went to a high school that was, you know, famous for arts, whatever. Mm -hmm. You just get a better understanding of how people live around you. And that, that I think at the end of the day makes for a better living experience in any city. If you were in L.A. and you're like, oh, I don't know anything about Burbank or I don't know anything about uh, East L.A. I don't know anything about anywhere around me. It's just what's I don't know. Like at a certain point, like you just feed into, you know, just go to Facebook and talk to the people, you know. know? Yeah. And to cap this, where can people who want to tune in and across the country? They have WGNRadio.com is they'll they'll stream it there and you can do it. And also podcast. So you can find WGN Radio. It's got a fleet of podcasts. And um, there's a web camera, which is hilarious. And I completely forget. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and it's one thing where I was it's funny I went over to uh, uh, my mother-in-law's and she's like oh I watch you all the time I'm like where and she's like on the computer I'm like show me so she showed me she like popped it up at like noon this was like I wasn't on it was someone else and there was the noon people right and it was in a news break 
and right on cue, the woman like <laughs> hikes up her skirt a little bit because she's you know fixing something in her underwear or uh. something. And I'm just like, what the man? What the <laughs> <laughs> like, I forget completely because you're you think you're not you're in radio, so you're doing everything, and then maybe when the commercial break goes, you know, you 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 get up and get a drink of water, or, you know, check the internet or something, and it's like everyone's just watching. And so I have I have people who are always like, we'll text in. They're like, hey, stop picking your nose. Or, <laughs> or, we had hey. a big sign for for months. It said. Make sure you're wearing pants. Yeah, right. Paul had that yeah, put up for me. Right. There really. You go. I mean, it's weird. I mean, obviously, but that that's um, and Johnny B, who's a long time. Uh, I love Johnny yeah. B. Johnny B. Oh B. my gosh. On, yeah, Brandmeier. <gasps> is he on, on GM? He's no, he's not on GM, but he was on GM, and it was kind of a failure because he came over uh-huh. there and he was supposed to resurrect. That that used to be the AM talk way yeah. of like resurrecting. Like we'll get the guy who was hip, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, and they come back, and that's and that's there's never any. There's never any new people. It's always just the same seven people that are yeah. on there. Disco duck. But what he did, which I thought was <laughs> weird at first, I was like, come on. But then now that I've done it for a while, he put uh, little pieces of styrofoam over all the cameras. Hmm. And then he would also broadcast and black out the windows. So you couldn't see him. He was like old school radio, like this is radio theater of the mind. You can't see me doing it. He and moved. So, he moved fast too. I bet yeah. it was like I, I don't want you to see how quick yeah. I get from one thing to the next, or if I'm having other people in studio, yeah. or if I'm playing a character, yeah, or what's exactly. going on. Exactly, and I think that has a lot to do with characters and stuff. Like I kind of want to see Phil Hendry do his thing. Right. I mean, right. I just mm-hmm. want to hear uh, it. They had a guy in Chicago named Kevin Matthews who was very Phil Hendry. Same thing where he played a bunch of different characters around himself, and you you hear that stuff, and I just don't even know. As as someone who does AM radio, I don't know how the heck you do that. Like, I mean, they would set up two mics, essentially. So one mic is, is SFX'd up, and one mic is the regular the mic, host. and there'd be a switch kind of thing. So they'd be like, what do you think? This is what I think. You know, <laughs> and then they go back yeah. and forth, and they're able to do it themselves live. That's crazy. Yeah, it's- if you watch that, you just watch a guy melting down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Sandy. Sandy! Sandy, last Sandy I heard about you, we, you came over to the place today to appear on the show, and you said to me, oh, it's been years, and it literally has been. For me, I know Adam's seen you a ton. It, I mean, last right. I knew you were working at Second City. Yeah. Still I, a thing? It is. Yeah, it's still a thing. Uh, yeah, Second oh, City still exists. Oh. Still, Second City we're still, still around. Have moved yeah. on to the third yet? No we, bits? We, we make it up based on audience suggestions. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, it's been, it's great to see you guys. Luckily, been, people I keep think, suggesting, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Starbucks, great. That's a great location. Um, yes, I am. I work uh, as a consultant that for sounds? Second City's B2B arm. <laughs> So I moved to it's it's funny you had the there was like the the preview where the birds are coming from Canada to mess oh. up Sully. The, that Sully. Was Sully. I wrote that the joke. Canadian you got a problem with that joke? That was a great joke. I like it because it's I so I punched lined it with blame Canada. It's so it's okay. so relevant to Canada cuz I live I live in Canada. I'm a permanent resident up in Canada and Canadians Ooh. would not they would not overtly yeah. try and down a plane. They would passively aggressively like train geese <laughs> to get in the way of the plane and then make the plane go down. So uh, I was in Chicago for 16 years, 17 years. Went to Toronto to head up the the B2B wing of Second City there for about three and a half years. And just recently, a couple months ago, rewired the position to be a consultant. And now I'm doing a lot more in the creative arts again. So it's delightful. That's the move, right? You go, you, you exit a consultant if you can, right? You do. You and, and you... And you say something like, I'm kind of rewiring things. What it really is, is like, I, it's been, it was fantastic. It was going to be like a two-year stint. Ended up being there for almost four. Loved it, but just really missed doing like all the creative arts. So, mm-hmm. But I'm also in Canada, so I'm that cliche that like 
met a girl and moved to Toronto. You know what I mean? <laughs> Various girls in the Niagara Falls great. area. Yeah. <laughs> that literally is actually it. But it's delightful up there. It's, you know, Canada is great. I'm really liking it a lot. The, the quality of life is great. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a pain to move up there. You know, it's not as easy as you would think. But the healthcare is truly free. Like, you go to the doctor in Canada and they're like, you're done. And you're like, do I need to check out or go sign something or pay? They're like, you need to go to your car and go home. <laughs> you can peace out. It's quite nice. I also heard that when you go into your older age, you're just fine. You're just going to be taken care of. You are. That's and a, that is amazing. The first thing that you do when you move to Canada is get a health card with access to free health care. That's mm-hmm. the first thing that they wow. make you do. You can't get any other sort of, so you can't get a driver's license or any city services. You can't get a lease for a house. You have to have like a uh, an OHIP card. Ontario Health. But you have to be an official plan. resident, right? You got to pass all the. You have to have like a work permit or be a oh, resident, okay. something like that. But it's great, yeah. And it's going to be back here. I haven't been to LA in like I think ten years or something. So, um, in my off time as a consultant, I'm going to knit little, you know, child baby caps um, in Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard, <laughs> wear a really heavy North Face coat in the middle of the fit right in sunny afternoon. Nobody'll yeah. notice. You're going to have a lot of competition though. with that, quite frankly. Yeah. It's funny, like driving around the last couple of days, though, taking a lot of Ubers, I've kind of noticed like, oh, here's that one specific scene in falling down. Mm-hmm. It's like super <laughs> specific stuff. It's not like, oh, here's where the lava flowed in that in, in that one movie. What was that? Volcano. Lava flow. Volcano. Lava volcano. <laughs> it's more like, oh, I bet that's where they shot the motorcycle scene in uh, T2 where it goes in that little riverbed. Oh, OK. Whenever cool. I first so it's moved, like a fun little tour. Yeah. When I first moved out here, the one thing that really struck me as feeling very familiar with everything, I just felt like, gosh, I've been here before. No, you have. You've seen every angle of this place at some point. At some, You just don't even realize that was on a TV show. If that was on a movie, you'll be driving along and you'll see the name Magnolia and you'll be like, I've heard of that before. It's so creepy. Yeah, we've always said to give directions like that now. Mm-hmm. Right, so you go down to the building where Mel Gibson jumped off with the crazy guy in Lethal yeah. Weapon, take a right at Nakatomi Plaza, and then you'll see there's a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I always, when I'm here, I'm always like, oh, that's where that guy wrapped that car around the tree and died. <laughs> like, I feel like that's all, I, all I'm thinking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where the guy from Fast and Furious died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where James yeah. Dean's all, yeah. But we, oh, we had, yeah, yeah, you could eat here. That's where Sharon Tate ate her last meal. Yeah, right. Over here, that's where Robert Blake killed her, uh, <laughs> killed his wife uh-huh. after dinner. Yeah, choose your place to eat, yeah. where, depending on what famous a, person died the there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm staying in this uh, place. I guess it's. I guess it would be Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. it's Hollywood oh, yes. by the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, yeah. it's Hollywood. And ever, everybody's like, "Oh, that's great. That's where so and so got their start on heroin." Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> I was it's like tour- only the really sad stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was touring uh, um, my parents down the uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard, and we came across the Viper Room. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I had been. I did just throwing tour stuff out. Mm-hmm. Ah, there's the Roxy, there's a Motley Crue, and this sort of thing. And and I was just kind of tired of it. And I go, there's a Viper Room. If you were uh, River Phoenix in uh, 1986, that'd be a great place to die. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I remember the the first time I saw the the Viper Room. It was shortly after River had died. And I was living in San Diego, and I hadn't spent much time in Los Angeles. And one of the things I was struck by when I came here is how pedestrian and unglamorous and dirty and not cool a lot of things are like things, the yeah. dirty square of sidewalk he died on yeah. in front of this black box building that's completely nondescript yeah. but mm-hmm. on TV you see these people kind of dressed nicely in the background and flowers and you think oh this must be some really cool place mm-hmm. no no it is just a dive yeah. bar and a yeah. dirty sidewalk on a, a great side act. street yeah. yeah oh it's so depressing well this is a question for you guys because you live here I mean there's all the tours and they have the TMZ tour and the whatever you know bus tour Could, do they have like a snarky sort of 
deep cut, you know, movie tour. Which I is want sort to of do like that. Yeah, Paul's uh, wanted to do the deep really cut movie fun. tour. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to get help with that because it needs to move forward. Right. Yeah. And just the, the, this is the location we want you to know. Here is the uh, here is the bank where uh, Riggs, you know, uh, I, I could do the Lethal Weapon tour. Yeah. Here is where uh, Riggs got in a shootout with Gary Busey. Here is where Riggs uh, here's ate where a hot run, dog. Here is where he runs with an M16 across the bridge. Yes. The car. Yes, you yes. can tell because of the exterminator right, place the in the exterminator background. Side. And, I'll, I'll dr- and I'll dress like Spider-Man in Hollywood. Boulevard nice. and try to get him to get it go on your tour. Yeah. That would be great. Right Just on. remember hey, to man. wear like a little yeah. um, fanny pack yeah. to put if, your stuff. If you're going to be Spider-Man, yeah, fanny pack and be fat if you could. Yeah. One one word the- for successful Spider-Man: bulge. Bulge. <laughs> 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 Raking it in, Spider Bulge. That's what you want. That's it. Uh, to answer your question, actually, uh, TMZ has the snarky tour. Just not the deep reference. It's snark with like no information about anything. Just yeah, and they it. yell at you. They literally yeah. yell at you the whole time. So if you actually take a tour, and I think somebody's being sued now. Uh, somebody well, you being, took the tour with your parents, right? Well, I've I've taken several of them. Yeah. I've taken um, the Starlight tours. Is that the one? Starlight. That's tours? the big one. With the, the big open one. Roof. I've taken that one, and we, it's a decent one. I've taken the TMZ one, and they just yell at you the whole time. <laughs> and they try to be funny. and They have obnoxious videos playing all the time. But somebody's yeah. some one of those tour uh, tour lines, not Starline, maybe not Redline. Uh, maybe we took Starline. the Redline walking too. That was harmless. They're being sued because none of the buildings are where people lived. Like the, they, they're just say, making stuff. Yeah, up. they'll say, "Hey, this is where." Because uh, <laughs> why couldn't you? Yeah, this, this is where so and so lived. Oh. And we're like, no, it's not. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I applaud that actually. That's awesome. Well, as part There's of a Randy Macho yeah. Man Savage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah let me hear yeah. WC Fields. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. Corroborate that. Yeah. What are you gonna look that up on your phone during this tour? No, you're guys, not gonna do that. You have the, as part of the movie guys empire, you're basically <laughs> talking about like a tour that you need to do. So yes. you need to get yes. the bus. I know. You know, get like the minivan or whatever to get it started. And do like sketches a during bus. the tour. Do the like a shuttle bus. <gasps> oh, there yeah. you go. Live podcast. With Flushy the Fish. <laughs> like done and done. Oh, we need a van. Yeah. This is where Flushy the Fish live. Yep. <laughs> some I think bits. it's a good fit. We don't I even need to get a van. We could just get an Uber. That's right. I'm going to tell a real quick story. Get the Uber pool. Yeah. I'm going to tell a real quick story about how I got myself chased down by a Starlines tour. I'd love to hear it. um, So I was walking from. I'm just happy the story exists, but continue. I was was walking from my apartment to. uh, This is back when they had the Academy Awards at. the Shrine? No, no. Yeah, pre-9-11. Uh, no, no they, gotcha. just, they just moved it into... It was the Kodak Theater. Now it's Thomas Dolby Theater, whatever it is. And I lived close enough to walk over there because they, they shut down everything within like a 12-block radius. You can't get anywhere near it. And I was walking down the street and I had a baseball cap on and a Starlines tour bus was kind of creeping up behind me. And so I pretended that I was somebody famous and I kind of like started hiding my face and pulling classic, my hat down. Part. And then the bus kind of sped up and I started walking faster. And then I started running down the street and the bus started chasing chasing me and I'm like holy crap this has gone way f- a lot further than I wanted it to and I stop oh and I turn God. around because I'm, I'm like the jig is up right I got to give this up and the bus screeches to a halt the doors open and people just come piling out and they're all running directly towards me and I'm just standing there like I have no idea how I'm going to explain this I have been confused as Daniel Day-Lewis maybe I can pull that off <laughs> and I'm not kidding about 15 feet before they get to me they all just make this hard left turn and run into a house they never saw me they didn't know who I was none of this was happening this was all in my head oh, wow. It turns out it was like a bathroom break for the Starlight store. <laughs> but for three seconds, I thought, I, pull, I fooled him. Now what do I do? You are so crazy. Yeah, that happened. 
That's you classic LA. So you can just make that happen, yeah. though. You're like, I'm gonna. Today is the day I get recognized. Every guy on the bus has that movie rolling in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I just want to say, you are so odd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk to Steve. Yay! Hey. Yeah, me, me, I'm fine. <laughs> good, good. I've been I'm a, good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm yeah, good. You know what? I, we've had just such a great time here today. <laughs> You been to LA a bunch? I don't even know uh, where you're from. You're like you from you Chicago, Chicago, born uh, and yeah, raised. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not born and raised. Uh, grew up in Minnesota. Oh, all right. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and uh, went to went to school with Sandy. Uh, mm-hmm. Moved to Chicago shortly after he did, and then caught up with Schadenfreude uh, in the uh, Cafe Ashy days, uh, way back yes. in the formative moments. And this room is somewhat of a reuniting of Cafe Ashy because yeah. Fred over there in the corner, Yay! who is here as well, visiting us. Hey, Fred Mowry. Fred Mowry. Fred. Used to do the uh, audio and tech for uh, when Schadenfreude first started. It was this little annex to the playground theater, which is now still raging there. Oh, good. And All they right. would go till I think 11 or something like that at a bar, a storefront bar. And we would say, hey, let's just, can we have the hour after that, you know, free charge or whatever. And they would do anything to keep people from the other shows in the bar. So we would close out the night and Paul and Karen performed with us a couple times too. Uh, open up for us. But that was uh, about 16 shows we did sort of getting our feet wet. And that was just Fred pressing play on the Austin ah. Powers soundtrack. Or as you pointed out, the Godzilla. I had a Godzilla soundtrack with some <laughs> kooky music on it, too. So, yeah, Steve's the one that came in and was like, okay. <laughs> How about these lights go up and down at a precise cue and the music is a precise cue. And uh, before CD and stuff, he had this, like, giant box of cassettes that all had one song. Oh, yeah, we had those. Those. Each, Beatles yeah. songs. Yeah. Songs. yeah, we were all Beatles at yeah. first, and then we went uh, a little more techno, and, we, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Add a little Fat Boy Slim. Mm-hmm. But we really got yeah. known for that at yeah. first, it, because it was, again, that sort of, like, entertaining aesthetic, like, no, 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 we're here to, if we're if you're going to take your time to come all the way out to our mm-hmm. theater, we're not going to phone it in. And so that pumped up tech, as the first couple <laughs> reviews called it, uh, was kind of our signature for a little bit, too. It's like, th- those light cues would go out, the music would hit, you would stay entertained until the next thing, and as we'd be... Rapidly changing costumes backstage, and that's what so a lot of cold yeah. places for you growing up. Is is yeah. one of your first times in LA? I forget that. <laughs> no, I was here uh, actually last time. Probably the last time Sandy was back here. Uh, the only times I've been here were with Schadenfreude. So is that the Area Fifty One show that we think we were talking about? That yeah, right? we area, saw that. Yep, yeah, there was the Area Fifty One show. That used to and be the Improv uh, lab, space no. next yeah. to it. Yeah, the lab oh. next to it. That's changed. Yeah, it's the Improv Lab now, and it's like a really nice bar, and they have a great performance space. Yeah, and the bar's mm-hmm. gone now. That place just keeps changing. It's back to the lab. And the bar's gone back to the uh, restaurant store. Anyway. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. They're tearing the wall down on that place. They're making an outdoor bar. Separate conversation. Things change so fast So here. much. <laughs> but you haven't changed much. Uh, and then one other time we came down for, uh, we were doing a series of after work events called the Happy Hour. Uh, yes. And came down and hosted one here in L.A. I don't even remember where that was now. Do you, Justin? Yeah, I don't remember the bar, but the uh, it was in Hollywood. But it was when when Schadenfreude decided that anything. we didn't want to do shows anymore. Cause, right? You know why? Why make jokes? The, so the we decided, best part of the show. Yeah, the best part of the show was the after party. Right. <laughs> so we just we got hooked up, Sandy, <laughs> and uh, a couple of our friends who have been around who had uh, access to booze. So we would go in Chicago and we'd do like happy hours. Like we sponsored these things. It'd be free booze, like free whiskey and the whole bit, and. Uh, we, we had tons of crowd, like be 250, 300 people coming out, and then we started to like do it, and then we did one in LA, and it was like for a minute there, like for for like a sexy second, 
we were like, we're gonna be con- we're gonna be party promoters. <laughs> <laughs> like we that were, was shot. We, we were phase so eight. We were writing it up. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was just like, yeah, you know. Get I had a, a site more. designed for that. I got nicer <laughs> shoes, you know, like college, nice college shirt, you know, maybe fitted around the waist. It was really nice. It was really nice <laughs> lasted for like two months. Then we're like, this is really hard. <laughs> When's the last time, Steve, that that Schadenfreude did a whole big thing? Was it when Adam came to, to Chicago and uh, started a yeah, reunion thing? Yeah, well, I think, uh, so we were doing shows um, for a while at the hideout every now and then. And we did, yeah. um, you know, mostly they weren't like full-on uh, regular sketch shows as much as they were sort of uh, like hosted events with, uh, with characters uh, coming through. Um, and I think the last one was the... Um, the Ed bus was it the Christmas? Yeah, everybody left. You know, Adam left, Sandy left, Kate was around, but Kate had her baby, and um, Kate James. So you mentioned yes, the original yeah. member, right? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. We did Drowning a show in the back of the hideout, which is a pretty great club. Like right now, mm-hmm. it's it's hot. Like that's where every stand up in in Chicago is going to, and it's like every weekend is sold out. And we had a show there that we would do once a month, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where it was, all, we play a character's alderman Ed bus, where the aldermen are like city councilmen here. But Chicago is a very political place, and they have a lot of old-school Chicago people in the Chicago way, you know, that are just like, hey, you know, this is if you <laughs> if you want to do business here, you know, you might want to give me a little bit, uh, give me a little business, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so we just have this character that we played for years. It was this old man who, you know, didn't understand that the world was changing. So he hosted a show in the back of this place called the Ed Bus uh Ed Bus after the uh, 53rd word yeah, after dark. After dark. <laughs> yeah. So it's like almost like that scene in Casino where Sam Rothstein does his own show yeah. with the, like in Vegas Aces after high. Aces High. <laughs> that was the same concept, and we did it like in the back of his chop house, and we got real politicians to come on, and like it was like a talk show. Almost. You got Mayor Daly, if I remember. And we did. Oh and my God. Yeah, and we, yeah. but it was right during an election, like during a uh, a runoff election. So we got yeah. so many people would come to this thing because we were essentially talking Chicago politics through this character. And frankly, that's what got me the job at GN because I was doing oh. it oh, while awesome. they were like thinking about it and they're like, then somebody came out and they're like, it was packed. Like it was a little bit more like, like a audition kind of thing, even though I was playing a 70 year old, you know, <laughs> alderman in the back but of the club. Those shows, those shows were really packed too. I wasn't in, in those shows, but you were very surprised that like Schadenfreude had found this kind of second yeah. life. That the packed up. T- people. It was because yeah. of the election. It, and, yeah. and when there's a city election, people will come out of the woodwork. And when we come out, everyone we've we've developed that brand over yeah. so many years of being make fun of Chicago politics, Mayor Daly or Mayor Emanuel and that kind of thing. But so at a certain point, we become the lo- we are the local sketch group. Most mm. people who come through Chicago are great, and it, you see them on television. They're entertaining us now. They don't spend enough time, and they don't go local. Most of it is national. Even the second city has gone much more to a, a national kind of brand as opposed to let's make fun of the mayor and who's in. And we kind of always found our niche being local. And that, 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 that was awesome in the city because you can do a show in Chicago and get 250 people to come out and be like, this is awesome, you know, talking about the relevant niche. Not so great for L.A., you know, mm-hmm. when you come right, to try right. and be yeah. on TV and you're like, you know, it'd be great. Let's talk about the CTA. And they're like, what's that? And you're like, I don't, you know what, it's not going to work. Substitute the train station here. That'll yeah. be a great reference. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what, we have one And of for those? a long yeah. time, we would go on tour. We did a bunch of college tours and we'd go to different towns, New York, L.A., all over the place, even Scotland. And we wouldn't change the references. Like, we'd keep them the same and, and we learned 
as we evolve that we probably should because jokes that were getting huge in Chicago were just going not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we came out here, but there was some charm to the fact that we wouldn't necessarily change. Well, the show Ed up. Bus is universally just yeah. a grumpy old man, and yeah. you know, just that uh, uncle did, with the. Uncle I did jokes. Ed Bus in New York for <laughs> Baser show at in Union Hall in Brooklyn. Yeah, and uh, Mark Baser, he, it was writer so, of yeah, he's, the Red Eye. Still? No, no, no. He's, he <laughs> he does the interview show. <laughs> try to have to, try He's to on back. Channel Eleven there. Ah. So Channel anyway, 11's Mark Baser. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm he, uh, it was really funny because we did, I did Ed Bus. Kate and I went out and we did Ed Bus and and it was like a I they did not care like they were just not into any of the jokes. I had a great joke where I said, you know, we were acting like we were tourists or like Mark's dad. You know, that was the bit. It was in a show like oh, okay. we were like, oh, we really don't like this place. You know, it's too dirty. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then the joke I had and it just didn't work at all. Was I'm like, uh, look at all these beards. You know, look at because it was like you know yeah. hipster villains. Hipsters. I go look at all these beards. You lose your job in that beard. Like that was it. <laughs> man, they were like, no, nope, no, none of nope. us are working. Like it was like this is New York, man. We're all hipsters with beards. None of us are working. Like this just died. It died on the butt. And then like we went back to Chicago and we did that same joke mm-hmm. in Chicago and it got a big laugh and we yeah. we broke. Uh-huh. It was me and Kate. We're like, can we just say for a second we did that joke <laughs> in New York and everything got real personal. It got real like <laughs> emotional. Don't around talk about my beard. Don't talking about my beard and I don't have a job. I don't need a job. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'm leaving. I'm going back. You to can't s- tell me what yeah. to do, sketch comedy. I'm going back to sleep in my uh, old car mechanic place that is now a efficiency above, you know, for, for 3600 a month. Uh, yeah, right. All right, well, let's get on to the best uh, uh, movies, meaning Steve right. Schmidt. Oh. What is your favorite movie of all time? Um... I'm going to go with, uh, so this is a movie that's probably not the best movie, but one I will always sit down and watch, Sneakers. Ah, yeah. that is a good you know, answer. We just talked really about it. It really does hold up. Yeah. You know, like it's it's old technology, but the story is so good. Good. Mm-hmm. The character is so well cast. It's a perfect movie. It I is think. a perfect. I movie. really can't. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I go, I forget. I don't add this to the list of perfect movies. But there is nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with any character arc, any plot arc, any th- any moment in that movie. Is, no. Yeah. yeah. Phil no. Alden Robinson, the director, had a great way of making that movie fun. Even though real danger would rear its head a mm-hmm. lot, you never felt like, oh, we're just getting heavy here. It was always fun. Always fun. Yeah, he nailed it. Always fun. And what an ensemble. Every one of those characters has a whole different thing going on, a whole different joke that they're playing. Yeah. 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 Great. Just great, great, great. Yeah, I saw that in a, uh, I was in a hotel recently and it came on. I'm like, oh, I'm in for I'm in. however until it's done. I'm locked down. <laughs> yeah. He yes. posts a screen cap on Facebook yeah. and it is a solid 50 references and lines. I mean, yeah. it's a very people, quotable People movie. dropping quotes yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I still do think one of the coolest things is that they, they utilize David Strathairn's um, character mother who is blind in so many interesting ways in the movie especially when he just hears like he, he has he has just someone's locked in a trunk and he has that person describe what the road sounded like and then he can determine <laughs> where the guy was being driven in the trunk yeah, no, I mean that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. is just really uh, ingenious mm-hmm. smart, smart yeah and of so course the the scene where they're trying to figure out where the black box is and they keep playing the clip over and over and in in it you hear the woman say i keep leaving message on your service but you do not call and then describing the room to to whistler and they mention a, a, an answering machine whistler box. i said mother yeah or whistler, whistler yeah. yeah they mentioned the answering machine box and he goes did janx black box yeah. is in there and he goes why does he need a a, a, a <laughs> phone service so she had mentioned the phones i just like clever stuff like that like oh 
The blind guy figured out where it was in the apartment by listening to all the clues. Mother is the Ackroyd character. Mother yes, is Ackroyd, okay, right. yeah. 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 Sandy. With all the conspiracy theories. Sandy, you were in a movie. Also, we should mention. I was in you a movie. You are the star of the... Uh, Vince Vaughn, Ron Howard. With you were directed by Ron Howard. Title, with the, the highly in, in forgettable the title. I was in the dilemma with Ron Howard. That is a terrible uh, title. Vince it, yeah, it was a, it was a very okay movie. It was one of those. It was like one of Ridley Scott's off movies. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it's a Ron Howard. It was really, it was a Ron right. Howard sleeper movie. <laughs> okay, with it was a bullet. A ton of fun. Yeah, it, it was great. Yeah, that <laughs> no, was great. It was super fun. A Beautiful I, Mind, I'm Apollo Thirteen. That, yeah. Third one you were going to mention? Probably not the dilemma. Probably not the dilemma. <laughs> No, I know. That would be my favorite. But what I like it is Sandy has a great line that got in the trailer. And yeah, he would, Sandy in the has trailer. developed over time. Yes. For 10 years. The backstory to that character. <laughs> What's well, the good line? Great line. That's one scene, right? It's like a one. No, uh, it's true. Yeah. And yeah. the movie is about that guy. I mean, <laughs> it, like a couple yeah. of times and really understand like some of the shots and the way like the three seconds that I'm on mm -hmm. screen mm -hmm. really tells the broader story, like the subterranean story, what Vince Vaughn is going through yes. before he meets this it's one it's medic on with face. no name, you know, <laughs> before he meets medic from gardens. You know what I mean? <laughs> That, it, it gets really deep, and the, I, when I was talking to Ron, and I spent years with Brian Grazer just prepping for it, and they were saying, you know, the amount of um, the amount of commitment you're bringing is why we have you here. So I, I had to age a couple of years. They put on about 50 pounds for the role, very much like Russell Crowe in The Insider. It sure. was a fully committed thing for the. 30 minutes that I spent with those guys. But uh, no, it was there was a lot of fun. He did end up in the trailer, which I was is pretty trailer. impressive, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's your favorite movie. Just, oh no, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> your favorite movie of all time. You know what? It's funny you mentioned it. I think it's actually Apollo 13. I think that's my favorite movie. And uh, watch for, it over and over. For you? a number of reasons, and I, you know, I will say like what Bart was saying earlier about like some of those movies, like you just love watching the people win in the end. I do. I, lo I love Titanic. I love movies like that. And I love the Empires and the Blade Runners and the Jerks and all those. But the, I think pound for pound, the movie that every time I watch it, Apollo 13, when it comes on, I'm like, I just love Apollo 13. It's just one of the best movies ever made. Jury's out on whether fantastic. Brace for Impact will be the next Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> we'll find out from Sully. <laughs> Brace Indeed. for Impact. Yeah, it may very much. Yeah. I mean, it's so full of good actors. I mean, Sinise, Ed Harris. Uh, it's loaded with good actors. On, yeah. No, and, and Kevin Bacon. Um, and uh, so a super, super side story really quickly is that I used to be a counselor at Space Camp and the year I was worked there for two years for two summers. And the, the years <laughs> that I was there, uh, the production company that was a sister company of our company was building the props for Apollo 13. So I got to see them put together the capsules and it's a fully functioning uh, set that they had, right? And when they and made they the movie, up, right? uh, they sent it up in uh, a plane called the KC-135, which they nicknamed the Vomit Comet, because it goes in these parabolic flights, which which makes you weightless for about 30 seconds. So at the time when it was made, I think Tom Hanks and Ron Howard had the most weightless flight hours of anybody ever. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool. Like yeah. in, in the atmosphere, though, like for the training, not obviously in the. Yeah, space, I've heard stories about that. And you have that 30 seconds to shoot however much you can, then go do it again. You got 30 more seconds to shoot. They're, and, leg they're yeah. legit. They're really weightless in a what Isn't is a crazy? fully functioning. I mean, you could CGI yeah, that yeah. or whatever, yeah. but they actually went up and they had 30 seconds to shoot every time. That's like one of those old school Kubrick movies where it's like, nah, it's all shot at sunset, which is 15 minutes a day. You know? <laughs> you have to have your lines down as well. You could shoot all day yeah. and then right. color it later to look like that, like Michael right. Bay does, but no, it's, I don't know. It's, Justin, it's, 
Well, wait, actually, I want to oh. I want to thank Sandy oh, yes. for something Space because Camp Counselor. Yeah, yeah, because he just gave me a new <laughs> lie to tell women that I'm going to pick them when I'm yeah, trying to pick counselor. them up in a bar. I used to tell him I was a jet fighter. A pilot, because how can you disprove that? It's not like my jet's going to be out in the parking lot. How you can know? you fight a jet? Yeah, and uh, but I'm going to tell him I'm a space camp counselor <laughs> because oh, yeah. I'm working with kids. It's really sensitive, but it's space, so oh, it's, it's like really cool. It's the epitome of safety and dorkiness. It's pretty, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like cool, sure. and you know, I love children. Yeah. Space camp counselor. Right. Right. Did, did you vetted. love the movie Space Camp as a kid? I love the movie. Where you're space like, I'm going to do this shit. I <laughs> love that. I no, I really, really liked it. It was great, and uh, it was just you know, it was exactly the way it is, guys. I mean, it's a a little bit different, but it was no. I love that movie. It was like in the last Starfighter years, around there, wasn't it? Like the uh, yes. Navigator. Kate Capshaw. So yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was her year. Justin, uh, I'm boring with movies. My favorite movies are uh, probably Lebowski and Rushmore. Yeah. Those are my yeah, favorite. We had Rushmore just last week. Those are yeah. not wrong yeah. answers. I know, but they're boring answers. That's right. McKee's so favorite. Good answer. Yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. stole it from me. <laughs> well, um, what I was going to say about that is all of Wes Anderson's movie. We were talking about comfort movies too, because my mom turned me onto that concept. That like uh, seems like old times is a warm blanket of a movie. Yeah. There's like her favorite movie of all time, which she said was Imitation of Life, and I'm like, but I know the movie she'd watch all the time. I know the movie she's most nostalgic for, but the total comfort movie is seems like old times, and it's just like that blanket of a movie. I think all of Wes Anderson movies feel like a very comfortable blanket. Like they're just okay being in his universe. I wanted to say that when Ryan was here. But like Rushmore's one, yeah. I was like, I feel like I know these people. I want to hang out with them, and yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, it's 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 really smart, smart stuff, and and you see it, and and it's. I would say a close top ten would be um, the one after it too, the Tenenbaums. Yeah, you know that that's also a great movie. I like the, I like that stuff. I've always felt like that's a. So you take you take a, yeah. Um, why is his name escaping me? The director. Wes Anderson. Anderson, Ed Hackman. I mean, that's... Yeah, right, right. Right. I feel like Wes Anderson single-handedly started the whole hipster generation. Yeah, he is a the yeah. serious. In hipster. my house, like when you open the door, we have this print we got from the uh, Renegade Craft Fair, which is like a uh, the outline of the Tenenbaum House. You know, like that's. Oh, nice. the, I think okay. it's actually might even be the poster for it. Like, yeah. but it's, it was done by an artist, so it's like shows each person's room, like the inside of the oh, house cool. and everything. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to Karen. I mean, we're, we're, right. this show's running a little long, but we got a lot right. of people to talk to. We, we cram the place with people to talk to. We well, we're going to talk to everybody. And now we're throwing things to Karen oh, how for uh, her weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. All right, let's start off by wishing a very happy birthday to Miss Leslie Jones, who turns oh. 49. She has not been in the news enough. Not enough. So we're going to give her a little her love. I hate her because she's a person. That's right. <laughs> she can play anywhere from an everyman to a Ghostbuster. And is playing the part of Patty Tolan and Winston Zettimore's niece, which I absolutely adore. Now, in October 2014, at the age of 47, she became the oldest person to join the cast of Silent Live. Oh. Michael McKeon was the only other person. He was 46 when he joined the show. Whoa! Hmm. How old was Phil Hartman? I guess he was not that old. Hmm. He no, just looked old. He just old. looked older. He looked Compared mature. To that old when he left. Yeah. Because Michael McKeon had, had a whole career before yeah. he went on Silent Live. I just think that's kind of inspiring, right? Because you always oh, feel yeah. like you have to be, you know, 26. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but not yeah. to play, in this town, the best people to play 40-year-olds are people who are 40s, in their 40s, I think. I think so, because they uh, have been there. <laughs> I've done that. Uh, now, Bart, I know you like your facts fun, so I have a couple of them about... I don't know if you, Schadenfreude has this rule, but in, uh, in the Garudio, in the Admirals Club... All of my facts need to be fun facts. <laughs> yeah, so I'll take it. I uh, wanted yeah. to learn a little bit more about Leslie Jones because going into Ghostbusters, I didn't really know anything at all about her. I didn't even watch her on Saturday Night Live. So here's a couple fun things. 
Fun facts. I I'll, you know what, Karen? I'll decide. be the judge of that. All right. I'll decide if Just give facts the facts. Fun. Let me give you the first one. She's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, you know, that's kind of fun. That's no, kind of fun, right? <laughs> kind, of, kind of fun to think Leslie Jones rocking Hanging out, out with yeah. Taylor Swift. She also was a telemarketer for Scientology. Super fun. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. These are all uh, really fun I know. facts. And she went to college on a basketball scholarship. I believe that. I know it's not necessarily not fun, fun as much as like scholastic. Yeah. I really believe that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, mm. it's just a thing. Yeah. We're going to be able to see some more of our Leslie Jones coming out October 30th. Hopefully we'll talk about this movie, Masterminds. She's going to be reunited with Ghostbusters Kristen Wiig. I think it's actually the end of this month. Oh, no? September 30th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. And Kate McKinnon, they're going to be doing that. That looks like a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that All movie. All three of them are in that movie? Yeah. Oh. The only one they left out of the Ghostbuster Is world. Is that an animated thing, though? No. Oh, no, it's really? Wilson, it's a really good. Zach Galifianakis. It's going to be a like cool a kind of yeah, uh, espionage girl. movie. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's going to be cool. I like that cast. Now, as you were making, you were alluding to the fact that Leslie Jones is getting a lot of Twitter hate from a mm. troll, Milo Yinopala. Oh, I like think he did the voice of, uh, of the, the Armadillo. Yeah. But here's what's so crazy. When they actually let him speak, all she had to do was just say, well, why don't you speak? Because then the crazy comes out. Gets himself right in trouble. In an interview with US Weekly, he has said he's not sorry for viciously attacking Leslie Jones on social media. He's a self-proclaimed Donald Trump supporter and a gay Catholic. I just am curious, what movies do you think that women should take over and remake and uh, play the parts of men? Because we know that people... Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Sure, that'd be a good one. Um, the Three Amigos might be nice to see women play in that movie. I just want to throw it out to the or round table. Or at the table. very least, three uh, Hispanics. Yes, wouldn't that be an interesting choice? <laughs> Well, they did it, they well, did it with, um, I forgot the name of the, uh, the Angelina Jolie, but Raiders of the Lost Ark. I would love to see oh, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. That'd be, a, that'd be that fun. That was Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. They're, yeah. They're, they're casting right now Ocean's 8, right, yeah. with all women? Oh, okay. oh, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. It right. only takes well, eight of them sense. to do the job of 11 there men. There you go. Yeah. Air Force One. Air Force One. Yeah. Yeah. We can do the Hillary Ooh, version. Ooh, that is really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, would love to see a man play <coughs> Oprah. So either direction, it works for me. I, right? But what man? Steve, Morris Chestnut? Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey. You gotta cast <laughs> Steve Harvey, right? You gotta do it. And keeping our love going for women involved in Ghostbusters, we want to wish a very happy birthday to Diane Warren, who turned 60. She Why can, does that name sound She's familiar. a songwriter. Ah, uh, yes. Who is the songwriter. She Did she is, write, save in the day. No, sadly, no, but she sang another hot night, the one that Laura Branigan sang from the original Ghostbusters soundtrack. I don't know if you know that. She also um, did Solitaire, that Laura Branigan. These are all hits from the 80s and early 90s. (laughs) But she holds this dubious distinction of being one of the only people who have written movies, uh, movie theme songs, to get nominated for both an Oscar and a Razzie nomination the same year for two songs in a row. So in 1998, she had the song, How Do I Live? Or How Do I, yeah, How Do I Live from Con Air. So that was um, one of the ones that was given the nod for the Razzies and the Oscars. And <laughs> wait, 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 also, wait, wait. Same for all song? of us who know the songs. The from same Con song. Air. Wait, 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 wait. The same song. Okay, so How Do I Love was nominated for an Oscar. Yes. And also a Razzie. What? <laughs> that is Con amazing. Air. I don't want to miss Air. a thing. The song that we all know from Armageddon. Sure. Also, I love that Connor and, and Armageddon are nominated for and Oscar. And a Razzie song. at it's the same song. time. She didn't win yeah. in the award for either. Clearly, Did one put, of these camps is off. Right. Pushing completely. Tim didn't get nominated Wrong. for anything that year. <laughs> no, I didn't what else? <laughs> but some of the songs you might know of hers are "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now" from Starship, from Mannequin, "Blame Great It on song. the Rain," Millie Vanilli. If I could take back, t- uh, turn back time from Cher. Great song. And then, of course, I don't want to miss a thing. And then, "Live for Love." 
having you from Gloria Stefan. Yeah. Wow. And also, Bart, you know how much love and celebrities sing. This is true. Gentlemen, uh, I don't know how much more time you have in Los Angeles, but chances are you're not going to be able to get out of this garage without somebody coming up mm, to you in this town true. and saying, hey, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. And what I'm going to tell you to tell them is that she loves girl porn, and her idea <laughs> of a three-way is having sex with a guy who has a job and a car. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So every night she's living out her fantasy with yeah, Paul. That's right. That's right. Uh, the job. second thing you're going to want to tell them <laughs> is that she loves when celebrities sing. I do. And so in this case, it's not so much the celebrity that's singing, but it is a Diane Warren song that was featured in 2016's Ghostbusters. And as a matter of fact, Paul, we're going to play a little bit of DeBarge, so the rhythm of the night. Oh. We can just imagine Holtzman dancing to it while we listen to right it. Right away, you be doing fine once the music starts. Oh, the beat of the rhythm of the night. Wasn't this also in Barry Gordy's Last Dragon? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. But somebody else, DeBarge did this, but is this DeBarge's version? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Someone else did That movie this. with Shownuff, wasn't it Show the bad Nuff. guy in Last Dragon? <laughs> Shownuff! Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps another uh, showcast. Together with the movie guys, individually we are. Caramel. Uh, Brian. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TheMovieGuys on Facebook.com, slash TheMovieGuys, uh, iTunes, Instagram, all that stuff. And thank you uh, to all of our listeners on WRFA Yay. 107.9 in Jamestown, New York. Please come back every Monday night at 8. Thanks to Schadenfreude. Thank you, thank you. Where are we following you guys social media-wise? Um, we're, oh yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week, uh, we'll be back with uh, three new movies. I didn't write them down. Or maybe two. I don't know. This September. Who gets Bridget, it I believe Bridget Jones' Baby. Or oh, did we already do that? What? Bridget Jones' Baby. Yeah. You're absolutely right. My, that and something else. My prediction is movies that were not good enough to be in the summer are not action-filled enough, but not quite dramatic enough to be released later in the year and get awards. They land on the bridge. (laughs) I think right around there. All right. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Movie guys. Alan Hale Jr. Wow.